0: Hey, everybody. What the fuck? Are we are we live, Brian? Y- yes, we are. Is this legitimate? Uh-huh. Ladies and gentlemen, the Joe Rogan Experience Podcast is brought to you today. Uh, today, we have one of our regular sponsors, which is Audible.com. Oh, sweet. Audible.com, if you haven't used it. Oh, sweet. Is um, If you use the uh, website, audible.com forward slash Joe, it takes you to this website where it gives you... Free Audible for 30 days and you get a free audio book. And uh, if you've never used audiobooks, they're awesome for trips or for a lot of the same the same kind of shit where podcasts are awesome when you're, uh, you're just killing time. Like if you're in a car or on a plane, a, the difference between a great podcast or a great audio book is the difference between a boring ass stupid fucking flight where you can't wait for it to be over and something where you're enjoying the book so much you don't even give a shit like you get com- I can get completely caught up in an audiobook in like a 4 or 5 hour trip and the, the time just flies by and I actually enjoy it it's like literally a difference between not liking something being like annoyed by something and actually enjoying it just cuz your time is just sitting in a chair taking in this book uh, so it's great for, for commuting. It's great for, you know, for the same things I said, again, like podcasts are great for. It's great for, you know, when, if you're just going to ride a bike for 40 minutes, you know, you're going to get on a stationary bike just to do exercise. That shit can be really boring. But if you could do it, like, with either some great music or a great audio book, you can, you know, you can kill that time a lot better. It's a, it's a great way to get in some interesting information. And, again, if you go to the website, um, audible.com forward slash Joe, they give you... Hey, Thirty-three days. Look, look who I found uh, on here. <laughs> oh, the Rob Apocalypse. That's by our friend Daniel H. Wilson, and he's on the, he's on the podcast today, folks. Um, you could talk during any of this. Hey. It doesn't doesn't <laughs> I'm matter. I'm not an apostle. Yeah. Um, we are um, also brought to you by Desquad TV. Um, that's Brian's website. If you uh, if you want to, like, people always ask where to get these uh, crazy cat T-shirts that say Desquad on them. These are all Brian's creations, and you can get them on uh, Desquad And uh, the money goes to uh, support uh, his podcast network as well, which now has uh, Kevin Pereira. Yeah. He has a new show called Pointless on it. Fucking. Awesome show Kevin Prayer is our boy He's hilarious He's brilliant He's a, the perfect guy For a fucking podcast
1: We had Bobcat on last night And he just finished up On a Bigfoot movie And he <laughs> talked all about it You're gonna love it dude Like the whole I will, time I'm just like Joe's gonna freak I'm out I'm gonna
0: download it On my phone Before I leave here I'm gonna listen to it On the car home I love that you can Just do that I just love this world That we live in You know That you could just do that I could just throw that On my phone You know Over the Wi-Fi, It'd take a couple of minutes Go get in my car Boom Listen to it all the way home we, uh, we live in awesome times. This is a uh, fucking badass. We don't tolerate boredom. Yeah, we not don't tolerate anymore. it. And, you, know, and there's, you don't tolerate ignorance anymore either. Get get your shit together, stupid. <laughs> all right? The fucking information's out there. We're also sponsored by Onnit.com. That's O-N-N-I-T. Makers of New Mood, Alpha Brain, Shroom Tech Sport, Shroom Tech Immune. There's too many things to list now. It gets silly if I try to list all of them because you're not really paying attention anymore. You're just getting annoyed by me. But uh, what on it is is a uh, supplement company and, and uh, a nutrition and fitness supplement company. I think that's the best way to describe it. And what we're trying to do is just sell you the very best shit possible at very reasonable rates. Everything that we sell is literally the be- like the best quality supplements we can buy. Whatever it is, whatever we find, the best quality hemp. It's like, it's more expensive than regular hemp powder, but it is the best shit. It's the highest protein ratio. It, it tastes the best. We have, we mix it with raw cocoa and maca. Ooh, and, uh, it's delicious. But, uh, oh, yeah, that's a new thing we have is killer bee honey. honey. Oh, dude. Yeah, it's killer bee honey. Why? I don't know. Why not? Fucking. Ew, that, seems it's bees. That's
1: not, that's, that seems scary. That's not. Doesn't that seem
0: scary as fuck? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's probably not even good for you.
1: You could get like
0: Who the fuck knows? By. evil bitches. They're so evil. Those bees, man. We uh, we got their honey. Ah, we ganked them. It's like uh, it's like some gangster honey. Imagine if they smelled it and they came and fucked you up because it was in your cupboard. Oh. Shit! The, the killer bees realized it's, what this yeah, motherfucker stealing our honey. They to in some sort of with a way, you?
1: all the bees try to fuck you in the ass because they're, they're trying to mate you.
0: I don't think they would do that, Brian. They might. I think they're a little small for that. But <laughs> the idea that uh, they might come and fuck you up because you stole their honey—that's a possibility. It's true. Or it can it's make you immune
2: to their to their stings. You know, I don't so think it would do
0: that. I think you have to actually get venom. The honey and the venom aren't related. If you get a little bit of venom, I think you get used to it, right? Isn't that what happens? Mm, it's getting know. scary. Scary? What's scary? Have to getting them get on their skin, <laughs> dude. Don't be scared. They're just little bees. You just smack them out of the sky. I really don't think you have to worry. I think we're talking with great ignorance, Brian. Just don't be, don't be scared. It's just honey. They, these fucking bees have no idea that you have this honey. They're stupid as fuck. They don't know about jars. <laughs> I Don't know about none of that shit, man? They all
1: work together and spin the wheel, dude. You do not have
0: to worry about to get that. Get the cap off. Get yourself some vitamin sun, some alpha brain. Throw down some kettlebells and get all manly. Um, if you want to buy kettlebells, we have the the best quality kettlebells that we can sell at the cheapest possible rates. It's uh, it's a like a very problematic thing to sell kettlebells, you know, to be a small company and try to sell them because it's all about the shipping. You're you're sending these giant steel balls in the mail and but we we're, we're getting the best quality shit when you buy it you you don't ever have to replace it they they last forever these fucking things are amazingly well made and there's some of the best workouts you can ever do as far as functional strength and fitness as far as uh, the ability to apply it in sports and athletics, uh, I think the kettlebells are the best. I think it's uh, one of the, my favorite things to do. You don't really need like, that much exercise equipment. You can do bodyweight squats, chin-ups, and kettlebell exercises, and it's, like, it's really almost all you need if you want to be a bad motherfucker like Brian Redman. <laughs> Aren't you kettlebelling, Brian? No. No kettlebelling? I'm trying to make sure my cat's not peeing on my couch right now. That's the, really, that's the hard thing in Brian's life. Uh, use the code name Rogan and save 10% off, <clears throat> 10% off any and all of the Honest supplements. All right, you dirty bitches. Daniel Wilson's here. We're going to get down to business. We're going to find out about robots and shit and whether or not we should be freaking out right now. Cue the music, Rogan Brian.
1: The Joe Rogan experience. experience. Train by day. Joe Rogan Podcast by night. All day. Hey, hey, hey.
0: Powerful Daniel H. Wilson do, how, how are you a robotics expert? Do you do, uh, was it all in research for this book? Or do uh, you have a background in robotics?
2: Yeah, as a kid, I got really into robots, and then I, uh, I studied computer science. And then while I was doing that, I found out that instead of just programming computers, you could actually teach them how to learn the answer on their own, artificial intelligence. So when I saw like, that there was science fiction that you could study for real, uh, the nerd in me really went for it. I mean, it was really, it was exactly like if you're playing a role-playing game and you have a character sheet and you're picking the skills. Right. I saw Roboticist, and I said, oh, well, I'll level up in that. <laughs> I think that would, that would be great.
0: So it was just like you, you had a dream job as a little kid and you just got lucky that it was an actual real job.
2: Yeah, basically. I mean, like, I like science fiction. I like the science. And then whenever I got, well, I finished this computer science thing and, and I didn't want to, I mean, forget going into the real world and getting a job. Screw that. Yeah, so, fuck that. I went to grad school and studied robotics. Uh, and when I finished that, I started writing books about robots.
0: Wow, that's awesome. Um, this book that you wrote, Robo Apocalypse, is that what it is? Yeah. This is going to get turned into a movie. Yeah. You're gonna scare the fuck out of people, man.
2: I- you know, I've had I've had this described to me from very credible sources as saving Private Ryan with robots. Oh, oh wow, Jesus, Jesus Christ! It's going to be fucking intense. <laughs> yeah.
0: Is this something that you just wrote about because it's a fascinating piece of of fiction to pursue, or is this something that you think? Is actually possible do you do you ever consider the idea that robots could try to take over the earth
2: well man I have really mixed feelings about this because like I spent all this time with roboticists we we're building robots we all had our own research and we right. were definitely trying to help people <laughs> you know? none of us were evil that I knew of you know and so then I go and I get done and I write this book where, where robots are like killing everybody you know so I made it as realistic as I could based on everything I know so there are no uh, robots from outer space, there's no time travel. There's, this is all based on stuff that we either have already or we're going to have soon. So it's the most realistic version that I could come up with. But that said, I don't really think that the robots are going to you know, join together under a sentient artificial intelligence and then try to wipe us out as a species.
0: Do you, I always wonder, because I, I always felt like there were certain things that – the instincts that human beings had that lead us to war and lead us to to um, feats of ego and, and craziness and psychosis, and I always felt that they were a lot of them were wrapped around breeding, around the, the necessary things that need to be in place in order to reinforce the idea that there's com- it's competition to breed. Mm-hmm. And that these things wouldn't exist in a computer because it, it wouldn't need them. It wouldn't be inherent to the system the same way greed and ego is almost yeah. inherent to the human system to promote sexual uh, you know, conquest or to, to promote competition,
2: Yeah, I mean, if you look at any of us that are sitting here that are alive, you got to think that every single one of our ancestors, by hook or by crook, they lived long enough to make babies and to keep the babies safe. And so you don't get, you don't make it that long, like 200,000 years of of homo sapien without being a badass, right? Anybody that was a little too soft, they're not here, you know, they didn't, they didn't make babies. And so that is a, a part of our DNA, literally, you know, as human beings. And the thing about building robots is, I mean, you can make them any way you want, right? Uh, if you want to build a robot that's going to have a self sense of self preservation, you can do that. You know, that's.
0: Well, there's also the crazy thought that in in this pursuit, this mad pursuit of success, that uh, that p- pushes people to do war and pushes people to uh, to to for, with great feats of ego. This, it's almost like that's. Necessary to ensure that there's some form of competition to make yeah. things move in the right direction. Dude. Do you? Do you th- but that it doesn't seem like that would be inherent in a computer system. I think like the douchey human behavior. Like mm. we shouldn't think that it would like say, oh, we got to wipe out all these people. We have to take over and wipe out all these people. It doesn't even seem like it would have like a desire to compete. See,
2: see, here's the deal. Like, human beings, I feel like we've got all this machinery that's in place, has been for a long time, because it works, right? There's a reason we're all still alive. And so we have a nature. We have a human nature that we can't change. And sometimes it pushes us to do terrible things in order to survive or, or you know, this, like you're talking about conquest. And that's scary, right? That we're each of us fighting against sort of a dark nature, and we've all got the potential to have a good nature, I think what's even more scary than that is that a robot can be a total blank slate. Let's say you tell a robot to solve a problem. You tell it to get from point A to point B. Well, if that involves, like, stepping on babies, a robot doesn't have any nature. It doesn't have any instinct. It'll do that. It'll commit in an amoral way without any good or evil associated with it. It can commit atrocities, you know? And that's pretty scary. And that means you got to be careful whenever you build these things.
0: Yeah, that's, I mean, you can build into it, please avoid humans, avoid, you know, unnecessary loss of human life. But at a, at a, per, a certain point in time, if you're going to use like one of those for war, like we're kind of doing with, with drones, I mean, that's yeah. kind of essentially what a drone is, right? I mean, it's like a yeah. robot that flies.
2: Yeah, a drone has a lot of autonomy. It makes a, some decisions on its own, but, there's n- but they're not pulling the trigger themselves. I, I don't think they're doing that. There are, by the way, People get all upset about drones and shit. Autonomous weapons have been around for for decades and decades. I mean, the very first drone, I think, they use it in the Korean War. So, wow. you know, and then Vietnam, they had them. Now they're getting cheap because we got the the cheap sensors, cheap processing.
0: Well, that was one of the uh, part particulars in Operation Northwoods. I think was that they were going to use a drone jetliner, and they were going to blow it up and blame the Cubans. Whoa. Yeah. The Cubans blew up a jetliner and back then they could just like fucking change your life. You're now Joe Hill and you live in Montgomery, (laughs) Alabama. You know, you just move there, you know, Uh and they, uh, that was, they had drones back then, which is, that's nuts. That's like 1962 or something like that. 61, whatever it was.
2: Yeah, you just load up a, a vehicle with with a bunch of explosives and <laughs> put a, a rock on the gas pedal. I mean, that's.
0: <laughs> I wonder if they knew how to land them, or they just knew how to take them off. Like, uh, I wonder, <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, they, it was a drone like jumbo jet. I wonder, I wonder what they actually knew how to do back then, if they could actually land it.
2: Uh, one thing I've always wondered is if you're driving a drone all day, you know, and you're like, are the the human being that does pull the trigger, like, wouldn't it be? nicer for the government to put like a big black sensor bar like over it before you see all the little people get turned into chunks of meat yeah <laughs> just for your own sanity
0: i don't think well do they look at it through that night vision thing yeah, that, that we heat, see that thermal
2: stuff right dude that's
0: weird too have right? you watched those videos uh, they're horrific
2: you the crazy thing is you you hear the guys they speak so clinically right they're like okay engage target doot, doot, and they sound like airline pilots and then they pull that trigger and you uh you hear the guns firing because you're there inside the, the Apache helicopter, or whatever, and then it actually takes like five seconds for the bullets to go like two miles, and then all the little people start, you know, flying around. It's pretty crazy to it's watch. It's
0: bizarre. It's bizarre. I mean, it's just the weirdest way of eliminating people. I mean, it's so clinical and it's so detached. You know, it's like it's what's weird. You know, we're well, killing people from like a mile away.
2: What's a landmine though, right? I mean, a landmine is basically yeah. a
0: robot, right? The, right?
2: To define robots, when people ask me, I always say it's any kind of mechanical artifact that senses the environment, thinks about what to do, and then acts on its own and does the whole sense, think, act deal. And that's what a landmine does. It sits around and senses, think, you know, waits on a human whenever a human steps on it. It thinks, makes a simple decision to explode.
0: Wow. Yeah. Yeah, how many of those are allowed? Aren't there a bunch around from like the Vietnam War that's they still haven't detonated yet?
2: I don't think the United States is allowed. To, I don't think I think they're outlawed, and, I, and I'm pretty sure that we conform to that in most circumstances. But yeah, there's a ton of them that are left, and and there's not just landmines, right? There's uh there's underwater mines for for submarines, right? So they hang out on the bottom of the ocean, and they are able to. This is what's interesting. They do these are old too. These are from the sixties. The, they can target nuclear submarines and these landmines are complicated as shit so they sit there and they listen for the acoustic signature of whatever comes past and then they identify what type of craft it is based on that they choose different like loitering strategies about how to follow it and how to get close enough to detonate and then they you know then they chase and then they eventually explode like they do all this stuff targeting
0: oh my god but, and some of them are still down there are there some areas like where submarines can't go?
2: I imagine, but I'm not an expert on that. But you know, I know it was, <laughs> I've read about all these all this equipment. I mean it's it's cool stuff.
0: The landmines are crazy. The idea that you're just gonna go to war with anything that touches these things and just blow them up, like that that would be an ethical idea. Well,
2: so now in order to make them more ethical, they, they're trying to come up, there, there are lots of new landmines, right, that I've read about, like the self-healing minefield is one of my favorites. So it's a minefield where the landmines can, can locomote a little bit. So you spread them out, and then if something comes through, they basically set up a local area network. So each landmine kind of has like basically Wi-Fi, and they're talking to each other, so they kind of know where each other are at. Then if some of them get blown up, other ones are able to like hop and they just do these little hops until they, make the, until they evenly distribute themselves again. And so th- then you've got this what they call a self-healing minefield. But that's nothing compared to the crab mines, the ones that are designed to be dropped offshore and they've got crab legs and they scuttle up the, uh, on the bottom of the ocean up, to the, uh, up through the, the beach basically. And then onto land, and that's how you mine beach. Like it.
1: those walking mine or bombs from Mario Brothers. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Bomb bombs. So you, Another you, example dude, of video games about, becoming dude,
0: real. dude, 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 dude. <laughs> don't want to get hit by a turtle shell. What happens? <laughs> These crabs go in the water and they run up onto the beach.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's a good example of, of what they call biomimetics. So, how you, big are they? Well, they're about the size of a of a crab. I mean. And I don't know if those, I mean, I've seen uh, descriptions of that, I've never seen a real one of those, and I don't think those are are really in use. But it's a great example of if you want to build a machine that's going to operate in a certain environment, you think of the environment as a problem, right? The problem is how do you locomote on the bottom of the ocean in the pounding surf? Uh, How do you do that? Well, there are answers to all these problems, there are animals, right? A lobster is the answer to that problem, a crab is the answer to that problem. And so you go and you study the animals, and then uh, you take the basic principles about how they locomote and how they do whatever, and then you uh, distill them down, you stick them into a robot. So no matter where you want to go, there's usually a solution to that problem in the form of an animal that you can study. And then I push up my glasses onto my nose. (laughs) Jesus.
0: Jesus. The idea that you could make, like, a million little robot mine crabs and just unleash them on a uh, beach.
2: Dude, that's, like, the third chapter of robo Apocalypse. Is right it really? <laughs> well, hell yeah, that's too cool not to put into a book, right? Yeah, oh,
0: fuck yeah. <laughs>
2: I got this part where they're all walking across Boston. Like, they're walking oh. across this plaza. and they're, Spoiler alert. They sense vibration through their feet, right? And so they, whenever they sense the vibration, they raise their little feet up in the air, and they all kind of <laughs> do it at a pat... You know, I don't know what's going to be in this movie, but there are some things that, God, I just, I just want to see it. That's really? Awesome.
0: That's awesome, man. Right. Wow. I can't wait to read it. When you wrote this, was is this like something that was was in your head for a while before you wrote it?
2: Yeah, man, these are ideas that have just been sort of percolating around for a really long time. Like, my first book was How to Survive a Robot Uprising. I was just making fun of all the Hollywood BS where robots are killing. You know, I specifically made fun of like... Stuff I loved, like The Matrix and Terminator. Of course, right. I love it. I'm thinking about it. Right. But uh, then I, to- I kind of went to the dark side, you know, <laughs> wrote, that, uh, wrote that fiction, you know, science fiction, Killer Robots. They're sexy, man. They got biblical themes <laughs> built in. Like, they-, they make for great drama. You-
0: Do you um, look at the idea of uh, technology and-, and robots as like a-, a life form that human beings uh, are responsible for igniting and starting in the world? Marshall McLuhan, I think it was, has, someone just told me this quote the other day. It's a brilliant quote. He said um, that humans are the sex organs of machines. Like, Isn't that a, a, yeah. a, a beautiful quote?
2: Uh, there's ways of looking at uh, See, this is one thing that as a roboticist, you have to do this. You have to look at a human being from a totally alien perspective, right? So, like, and I have a point, but like, if you, if you look at like how to do speech recognition or something, or, or just emotion recognition, from a robot's perspective, we are just moving pieces of flesh around on our faces into different configurations, and then that conveys some sort of inner chemical state. I mean, it's not intuitive, it's not easy to figure out. And you can look at humankind as like, all we do is uh, we cover the earth in lawns. We are slaves to grass. You know? right. Like, if it wasn't for us, you know, grass wouldn't really exist everywhere that it does. And so, if you look at human beings from from sort of these alien perspectives, sometimes cool shit falls out. And and some people do think that it's our destiny to create the next uh, intelligent life form, you know, and to and to set it free. And then those people usually think that it's our turn to retire. Ooh. Hans Moravec he says, you know, once we do this. Children of the mind, right? Once we make the robots, then, then, then we're done. We're finished. Like, we achieved our goal. I That's disagree. So,
0: it's but. so terrifying, but the idea that there's a reason why dinosaurs aren't around anymore. Because, you know, they, they got wiped out. Something better came along. We like to think. And it's called people. Now, we're the new head of the planet. But why would we think that we can hold this spot forever? I mean, it doesn't make any sense.
2: Well, I think that we're going to evolve with our tools.
0: Yeah. So So are we going to become a part of a computer? Are we going to become a a symbiotic organism?
2: You know, I just, so my, I wrote a book about it. (laughs) Um, It's called Amped and it came out this year. And it's basically, yeah, it's about thinking about like, what happens when we start integrating this technology into our own bodies? And just on a, not thinking about crazy science fiction you know far out stuff just thinking about right now what's really cool about this to me is that the people who are getting this are people that have real serious disabilities like to people who are willing to have a hole drilled in their skull and like a neural implant placed on the surface of their brain to improve their quality of life and it's not like Tony Stark, you know, or, or like rich kids that are, you know, getting a leg up in school. or whatever. It's like the most vulnerable, challenged people in our society are getting this technology. And in, and in some cases, it's making them, it's not bringing them back to normal, it's taking them past normal. And so people with disabilities are like becoming people with super abilities. And wow. it's a pretty cool trend to watch. Wow, that's amazing! Because I mean, what's it going to be like when you realize that? Hey, if you really do want to be the fastest sprinter on the planet, you got to cut your legs off because, like, there's just no way to do it.
0: Oh my god, that hurts! Or be lucky
2: enough to be born.
0: You know why that hurts? Because I know someone's going to do it.
2: That's you know, you think about you think about. Don't
0: you think someone's going
2: to do it? Armstrong and you know, I don't know.
0: You mean Neil Armstrong, no. the guy who went on the moon? No. <laughs> yeah, no. Uh, Lance, oh, that Lance Guy? Lance, that Lance Guy. Well, do you do you make that Akin to hacking your legs off, taking performance enhancing drugs? Well, I think that's a little bit a little bit crazy. No,
2: there's a leap, right? Yeah. I mean, there's definitely a leap, which is you got to go back to go forward, right? <laughs> like cuz without the without performance enhancing drugs, you're you're still not like Disabled, like Oscar Pistorius, he competed in the, the London 2012 Olympics, right? The guy has no legs below the knees. He ran alongside able-bodied athletes on prosthetics, like super advanced prosthetics. If you take those prosthetics off of him, he ain't going anywhere, right? right? And that's a difference. I mean, if you, if you take somebody off of performance-enhancing drugs, they're still capable of doing whatever it is that they were doing, mm-hmm. uh, just slower or not as well or, or whatever, you know?
0: Yeah, it's it's an interesting thing, the performance-enhancing drug thing, because by keeping it it secret and by hiding it and by sneaking around it, what I mean, take all the moral arguments out of it when it comes to like cheating and you know and achieving victory and you know unseemly methods.
2: Most of the You're people that also- do that, they think that they have to do it in order to compete. They think there's hidden rules, right? And they're yeah. keeping with the hidden rules.
0: But I think it's also like really dishonest to the the actual um the the issue becomes it's dis dishonest to the actual idea of human ability. Mm-hmm. Because human ability under these incredibly enhanced conditions is quite a bit more than regular a uh, regular person's ability. So we have these distorted perceptions of like records. Yeah, that have been achieved through, you know, through uh, they just we we need to know. I mean, if they, if we're gonna all decide that they're gonna for take bedrock. yeah, yeah. We're
2: looking for bedrock. We want like that definition of human, straight up natural human. I want to compare myself to Babe Ruth and have that shit be you know a straight comparison.
0: Yeah, and it it gets to be to be a weird situation when you've got a bunch of people introducing all these alien things into the body, and eventually it probably will be parts. It probably will be. That's well, why this is scaring <laughs> me so much when you said that because I'm thinking of someone actually chopping their legs off and giving themselves robot legs.
2: Well, you know, I don't... Uh, Somebody would fucking
0: do it, have man. You,
2: there's a cool book called Machine Man by Max Berry, which... I love any book that's from, uh, written when the, from the perspective of, like, an autistic person because a person with Asperger's, you know, they, they, because if you read books that are from those perspectives, they tend to be really Hemingway-esque, like, the short sentences, they're easy to read. I really like them. But anyway, there's a book where that happens. It's a good one. Machine man.
0: Do you think that it would be as simple as we would engineer them so we could shut them off? that's how we could avoid that. Is that, yeah. Is it possible that that Well, no.
2: I mean, think about... Okay, sure. Think about that. You shut them off. I mean, so uh, if you have a robot that... You know, you don't shut an elevator off whenever it's got, like, 20 people on it. It's 100 stories up. Like, there there are circumstances where, you know, you have to have, uh, what do they call it, graceful failure or or graceful degradation or something (laughs) where it needs to fail gracefully. It can't just fail all at once. Um, so if you shut it down, it needs to shut down in stages so that it doesn't hurt people. Um, but, yeah, I think kill switches, uh, emergency stops, those are a huge uh, aspect of, of building safe robots, you know, but it's not the whole story.
0: It seems like it, it, the, the real issue would be how much of the human ideal of life would we program into it. If you were going to engineer a life form, which essentially you would be able to do if you had a robot and you turn this computer into some sort of a sentient being, what what aspects of the human psyche would you engineer into it? Would you engineer into it a sense of survival? Would it be able to understand that that's illogical and override it and if it was, you know, that strong, and if you gave it some autonomy, or would it just go with it?
2: Yeah, I, you know, the the thing that's scary about this is there are as, there are an infinite number of minds that you could really create. You could create totally alien minds that just meditate on on things that we could never comprehend. You know, you could create. Minds,
0: <laughs> I'm freaking everybody out. You're freaking uh, me out, You're totally you freaking could, me out. I
2: think there's some like uh, there's some story I read where there's uh, uh, some. Uh, well, I wrote a actually I wrote a story where there was a, basically a robot that was designed to to paint happy faces on things, and then it goes nuts and runs amuck, and it just paints happy faces on everything, and it ends up destroying you know like the universe <laughs> painting happy faces because that's the way it sees the world. You know, I think wow. you know there are a lot of people who who think a lot about, uh, you know, Ray Kurzweil, for instance, he's really obsessed with this idea that we're going to upload our brains into machines um, and that we will basically have a machine that simulates every neuron in your brain and then you'll live inside and you'll live forever inside the box, right? Um, That's a great example of, of giving a human, you know, experience like a human life to a to a machine so that it knows what things are like from our perspective so it knows you don't step on babies when you're walking across the room like that innate nature that we have i think it's important that we do convey our our ethics to you know to the machines that we build so that they behave in a way that uh that allows us to coexist you know
0: (laughs) hopefully or we're done son it's one or the other because well, if it's us versus them, they're going to be able to figure shit out so quickly. They're going to be able to make better versions of themselves very quickly.
2: Yeah. And that's the idea of the singularity, right? Yeah. Is that we – just bears definition. We, we create a machine that's smart enough to make itself smarter. And then you kind of have a runaway feedback loop and it gets smarter and smarter. But, but I don't think that that's something that is really going to happen anytime soon. But
0: isn't it a possibility?
2: Yeah, oh, I absolutely think that's So why possible. would you be
0: confident in thinking that it's not going to happen? Well,
2: because because we're it's sort of like if we were alive with Jules Verne and we were like discussing like, well, what should what shape should the capsule be when we go to the moon? You know, it's like we we're not close enough to solving that problem to sort of make informed decisions about how we should solve it. You see what I mean?
0: Right. I see what you're saying. Yeah,
2: we're gonna have other robots in our lives a lot sooner, and those have more immediate like problems to solve, ethical <sighs> problems too. But.
0: Yeah, like robot fuck dolls, right? <laughs> man. For, yeah. Sure. Yeah, for sure, for yeah, sure, that's, that's gonna be an ethical issue. That's it's gonna be I'm like, gonna gonna like a slavery about. type issue. If you have like a really good form of intelligent life that you've created, it's an artificial intelligence, but it's and you have it as a sex slave. See, but the thing is fucked up, man. The
2: sentient thing, like the thing where they're smart enough to to. For us to worry about all these ethical things. I think that's far away. I think think so? No, it's it's all about human beings, man. Like (laughs) so for instance, the real problem when you make a fuck doll is (laughs) do you allow a person to uh what what happens to the people who interact with it? So if you have a guy who goes home every day and he beats the crap out of this doll, is that okay? If you built the doll, should the doll call the police? Or should the doll take it? And your decision there, as a roboticist, as a scientist, product designer, whatever you are, you're making it. You're just dis- you're designing an ethical interaction between your product and a human being. And your decision can affect whether this guy uh, hurts a real woman, you wow. know, or or if you're building toys for children or really lifelike pets, you wow. know, and a kid sticks the fake dog into the microwave. Like, what happens, you know? Because my f- gut feeling is, is not okay, <laughs> right? Yeah. Uh, the, the animal should react. And, and there's, there's actually research on this. My wife's a child psychologist and at, at University of Washington. She's at, in Portland, where I live, but before she was at UW. And they have this research there where they basically took... Let me see how I can get this straight, because it's kind of fascinating. They take these kids and have them play tic-tac-toe against a virtual head right it looks like a person and then they have a scientist walk in and in half of the experiments the scientist says to the robot head uh, hey that was a really dumbass move you're stupid and then half the time the robot says nothing and the other half the time the robot says hey it's not okay for you to talk to me like that and when they ask the kids later whether the, the, the virtual head you know, deserve to be like r- treated with respect or whether it was smart. They asked it all these, asked these kids all these questions. If the robot demanded moral treatment, then the kids thought that the robot deserved moral treatment. If it didn't, they thought it was okay to, to abuse it. Ooh! And so it just, it comes right back down to it. When you build a robot, you're building an ethical interaction. Right? Wow. You can mess it up. You know, I feel like
0: Th- that's fascinating. That's a, uh that's that yeah you can't allow something to just be brutalized and to take like punishment and yeah. to not you can't like make a person you can't Can you make an artificial person that
2: future right where people are followed around oh, with like perfectly human like robots and they just abuse them ro-
0: just beat the shit out of them and yeah
2: man yeah. i mean that's, Ooh. That would very quickly warp, I think. The psyche. oh yeah,
0: of all of humans, it yeah. would create sociopaths. Because
2: yeah, we acclimate to whatever we're <laughs> around,
0: you know. Yeah, and, especially if it's indistinguishable, unless it's we're like, already robots.
2: And we don't know it. It's like yeah, do you, what do you thing. what do you
0: buy with this simulation <laughs> theory thing, man? Do you ever do you ever wrap your head around that? Do you ever fuck with that?
2: The the. No, lay it on me.
0: (laughs) It's this new thing that's these, and these are legitimate scientists that are considering this. It's robot care. The damn matrix. The the idea, (laughs) the damn matrix, the idea that we're in some sort of an incredible computer program and that it's so complicated. And so well done that it's indistinguishable from real life, and that we can you know, we're interacting with things. But that the more they study string theory, they're studying the, the, yeah, the yeah. in the computations of string theory, they th- keep finding this self-correcting computer code. I don't understand what that means, and but I understand it's a very specific type of computer code that we didn't even figure out until like the early 20th century. I think they think they I think they said we figured it out in the 40s or 50s or something like that, if I remember correctly. But the the idea that this is in these these string theory equations that they're putting together, it, it, I don't understand mathematics. <laughs> but what I think they're trying to say is like there's, there's, there's an eerie code. To all this it's not just like we well, don't know what the code is, but we can see that there's some repeating patterns no no, no no they it's the, it's a, a very specific mm. type of code, and that's when they're studying the nature of reality, yeah so the nature of reality is, it's like one of its smallest measurable forms is very obviously computer code seven <laughs> that's
1: forty
0: two th- it hike. It doesn't. It doesn't seem like. Um, it doesn't seem like. If technology moves in the certain the direction it's going right now, if uh, our computers get more and more powerful or our or CGI shit is more and more believable, we've got to keep moving until one day we reach a point where we can simulate reality. Mm-hmm. Right? It's going to happen. Yeah. And if it's really fucking good, it's going to be just like this, <laughs>
2: dude. Is that a... I'm trying to think. Running Man.
0: (laughs) Was running... Is that a running man?
2: That's whenever they they recreate the fight, you know, out of the computer models. I mean, before all that happens, we're going to be able to... I can't wait until the day when I can say, all right, television, whatever you are now, I want to watch, like, Running Man... But I want, instead of uh, Arnold, yes. you know, I want Jeremy Renner. And I want, like... No, no Megan you know. Fox. <laughs> <laughs> I want an all-female uh, cast of... Yes. Uh, yeah,
1: I want, naked. yeah. And,
0: and you just, have to follow them with a reality <laughs> show camera as well. And Get it just them all maps in the house together. Make them live together. Oh, that's awesome.
2: It just maps their bodies onto yeah. it, you know. And that would be, like, the ultimate ironic one to watch because they do that in the movie.
0: When, how long before <laughs> our, we have our first robot action hero?
2: Oh. wait so what do you mean by robot action. Robocop well like
0: a, a guy in the movies we could have a like, robot actor yeah, yeah like a robot actor you know so like you would I, have like all Ryan O'Neill's qualities with you know <laughs> a little of lips. Arnold Schwarzenegger's masculine bravado and you know Brad Pitt's acting chops or whatever you know and just mix it all up together and <laughs> make it the perfect robot action hero Joe's pouty lips my lips are not pouty yeah dude. they are dude <laughs> <laughs> look at they're so Damn, pouty son son of a bitch it's a you son illness. of a do you get, bitch. Inject- do you get injections <laughs> yeah, I just punch myself <laughs> in the face <laughs> myself.
2: <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. All I'm sitting here thinking, I'm just thinking of Calculon mm. from uh, <laughs> from Futurama. Okay. Calculon! Sorry, he's like, the, he's an actor. A robot actor. He's a robot actor. Is that um,
0: possible? Could they ever make like, a, you know, are, are, the, are we going well, to have human beings that are that indistinguishable? The,
2: the question is like, would you bother, because you could just create them in CG, right? And right. make them perfectly realistic. Would you bother creating the, the real world version? But I I have to say, I'm super excited because I have a short story that got picked up by this director. He's sort of a budding guy in, in London, right? But he's making a short film based on this thing, and he's negotiating with... Uh, it's, a, it's a story about a guy and a, and a robot boy that he lives with because his real son is, has passed away. And uh, oh, we got Lambert Wilson, gonna, the Merovingian, is going <laughs> to be in this thing. And then he's working with a university to get an actual robot there's this thing called the NAO humanoid. It's the size of an 8 to 10-year-old kid. If you Google it, I mean, it moves like a real human being, and they're going to have it as an actor. It's just a short film, but, I mean, it's going to be pretty, pretty cool. It's going to be a real robot acting cool. in a movie.
0: Whoa. God damn man. I saw that there was a very uh, intricate Japanese robot. It was a woman. that mm-hmm. was. Uh, it, have you seen that one? It was uh, very emotive. And,
2: well, was it, a he- it was a woman head. Yeah,
0: it was just a head.
2: Okay, because there's, there's the actroid. Is that the NAO? Is this it?
3: See, wow, that I, that's not the one I was thinking
2: of. <laughs> this I, I got the <laughs> this wrong is name. So this so freaky. So weird.
0: There's a robot on the screen. <laughs> no. Folks that are listening to this on <laughs> iTunes, there's this robot on the screen, and it's walking around. It's so weird.
2: That's not the one. I was oh my God!
0: They're so good now. <laughs> I will destroy. I mean, the they really, game. they really are like what we we <laughs> hoped robots home. would be when we were kids. Remember Lost in Space? That stupid fucking yeah. garbage can it <laughs> yeah. was a garbage <laughs> can great. robot. That was the dumbest looking robot ever. Danger, Will Robinson! Danger! Yeah, all he had was those little,
2: ter- those little yeah. like Tyrannosaurus arms that were just out all. Yeah, he had
0: like cl- arms but, like that would pe- clip, and he had to do their bidding always. People <laughs> like- loved him. People yeah, still they loved, loved that him. robot. People are really <laughs> obsessed with that robot. <laughs> what was that robot's name? Uh, he was Robbie. The Robbie robot. the robot yeah, from Lost really? in
2: Space, but he was in a wow. lot of stuff. He was. Um, oh really? Yeah, and there were like different versions of him. And he's always hard for me to pin down in my head because. Is he was around for a while but
0: Brian, pull up Robbie the robot. Let's see what that looks like. Alright. I haven't looked at that. So in one years.
2: one kinda of cool thing about robots right, that, that I've noticed no.
1: That's <laughs> Yeah, you son <laughs> of are, a bitch. There's a that's Robbie and his friend Jeff.
0: No. <laughs> Robbie the what robot. What are they doing to each other? This <laughs> is uh, Robbie the robot, man. He looks there, like there, that. There, you on. see that, Brian? Danger. danger. That's yeah. He he was actually pretty badass. His arms would just come out of the center of his chest, but he always had to listen, no matter what. Will Robinson would like be like, listen, bitch, we're gonna go exploring. He was like the first gay robot, right? <laughs> no, 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 no. The other dude was the gay guy because that Lost in Space was a weird show. They had a guy who like acted really obviously gay. Yeah. Look at that. That looks I mean, like a, a fucking always... disco
1: floor. Look at that. That was seriously. That's those are gay robots. They, what was, no, the name? Name. Yeah. what a... was the dude's name? What was the dude's name? That it
2: Vincent Price
0: or something? Uh, no, 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 no. How dare you? <laughs>
1: <laughs> so do you like this TV?
0: Oh, no, I love this TV. Dude, like, like the original <laughs> Lost in Space was a crazy show, man. It was from 1965 to 1968. They would like land on planets and shit.
2: Well, they were, they were marooned. It was like Gilligan's Island, except they were on some tiny planet. You know, they were yeah.
0: Like
2: family. There have been some great ones. I mean, I always used to love Small Wonder when I was a kid, you know? That yeah. was the one with Vicky, the, uh, the robot who the dad is a roboticist, and he brings her home to like, test her out. She sleeps in his son's closet.
0: <laughs> Jonathan Harris was Dr. Zachary Smith Dr. Smith. Zachary Smith was yeah. like the first oh like pretty obviously gay character <laughs> on, t- on television. That might have just
2: been all the spandex unitards that they were wearing on that show.
0: Well he was, it- he was l- he was very eccentric. To the, I mean in, the, in this really feminine, apologizing, sobbing way but he was a
2: villain, right? I mean he was always sort the, of. the scheming bad yeah. guy he Well
0: like he was always dumb, just ruining things. <laughs> yeah Stupid, stupid <laughs> Dr. Smith. And he was like, his ego would always be his folly, you know? Yeah. That was a great show, man. Well, so these are, they're really fun to watch today. Because it's like, you know, they thought this was going to be like 1990. Like, that's how we're going to be living. <laughs> like, living in colonies in space. And so this. This sort of uh, idea of, like, man, space travel never really materialized the way a lot of people thought it was from the 1960s. So you get this weird idea of what they thought the future was going to be from these shows. It's really fascinating. You
2: know, I I think they actually misjudged human nature. Like, there's this idea that we've accomplished this amazing feat by going to the moon, right? We planted a flag we walked around like we went into the uncharted wil- you know depths the wilderness like it's an mm-hmm. amazing thing to do and you think that that sort of raw awe inspiring event is going to propel mankind into the stars but actually we were just competing with the russians and yeah. it was just it was enough to put a flag there and the instant that we need to go beyond that i think is the instant that some other nation plants a flag next to ours or knocks it down. Or it's plants all about, a
0: flag on Mars.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's all about just, like, pissing on uh, on trees, you know? And the trees just keep getting further away from Earth.
0: Well, it's also to let you know, like, look, if we can go to the moon, we can launch missiles on your head from space. David. I'm gonna let you know. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna let you know. I'm let you know how we run and shit from orbit, bitch. <laughs> look yeah, at except this. we look, can't. This. I mean, if you, to be the first person to set up a base on the moon would be an incredible military advantage. I think
2: the Chinese are gonna do it. I think it's gonna, it's gonna be a great Thing because it's going to excite those. Uh, Dude, if we st- Could feelings. you
0: imagine if we actually start having bases on the moon? If people actually started doing that. If they then developed kind of the technology moon? to one day have bases on the moon and we would go there like going to fucking Hawaii. It's like a 24 <laughs> hour trip in the shuttle.
1: I totally believe that. Because Dude. I mean it's like something tragic's going to happen, like you know like a, like a lot of the land's going to be poisoned or something, well, and that's going to be like fucked, man See, yeah.
0: they would have to terraform on the moon because yeah, the moon doesn't have an atmosphere, yeah
2: that ain't going to happen.
0: they could do that someday that's that's the whole premise of Prometheus is that they were terraforming that planet, they were yeah. trying to make it uh, ha- habitable for their life form they're going to be able to do that See, for sure you know, one people, day
2: people always argue that we're going to screw Earth up so bad that then we're going to have to go to Mars, the moon. Mm-hmm. But, like, the the resource expenditure to leave Earth with a lot of people and even just to go to the moon, much less Mars, is so out of whack. I mean, you'd be better off, like almost doing anything to fix the earth or just eking it out here. I mean, let's face it, if you poison the Earth's atmosphere so that you can't even walk outside anymore. Right. Uh or you screw up the atmosphere so that we're getting radiation from well guess what? That's Mars. Why go to Mars to build a fucking like dome? Right? Just build a dome in Arizona. Right? right. I mean, you don't have to go to Mars
0: first. No shit. Fix so, this, stupid. So
2: it's not. I don't. I've always thought that was bullshit. The idea that we're gonna mess up Earth so bad we have to go to Mars.
0: Well, the only way I could think that we could do that though is like nuclear shit.
2: Yeah. Okay. So if
0: there's a massive nuclear uh, holocaust all across the country, right. or across the world. We all launch bombs at each other and just wipe out. They, they they would make so many areas radioactive. They would almost yeah. be like, you can't live here anymore. I think that,
2: you know, that would still be pretty tough to do, I think. Just because, like... Really? Yeah, because you'd have to launch all of them at the exact same time, right? And then they'd have to land all over the... Year. I mean, if you think about when we first got nukes,
0: mm. we were doing
2: crazy shit. We were launching them all the time in space. We showed a, underground, uh, a video in the water
0: <laughs> on the show. We showed a video of all the nuclear explosions from 1947. It's online. You can get it. Uh, it's on um, I forget the website, but it shows the first tests, and then it shows Hiroshima and Nagasaki, and it shows all these different ones that they did in Nevada. Nevada's crazy.
2: Oh, dude, they were nuking the shit out of everything. You, so my favorite is Project Plowshares, okay? This is like Iowa or something. And here's the notion. We're going to mine for natural gas. Uh, there's, the gas is trapped in all these frac Now we run water through it. It's called fracking, right? But they're like, we're going to free up all this natural gas and harvest it by detonating a nuke under the ground. So they drill this giant what? hole. What? They drill this giant hole. They put a nuke at the bottom of it. They, they fill the hole up. And then they detonate the nuke. Here's what happens: Highly irradiated natural gas shoots out of this chimney. It ejects all of the all the crap they put in there. It goes into the atmosphere. All of the natural gas is is poisonous. It's like you know, it's got radiation in it. And they're like, "Oh, well, that's not a good idea." It's so much for turning its swords to plowshares, right? Like, uh, when
0: did they do this?
2: Uh, this was like. This was not that long ago. I, I would say the middle of the 20th century, but I don't know for sure. Oh, my here's God. why I know that.
0: What is the what is the, Do you know what the name of the operations called? So I, I look think it, it was up?
2: called Project Plowshares.
0: Project Plow.
2: <sighs> yeah, look it up. Um, the the reason I like it is because I was thinking, and this is a little bit of a spoiler, but while I was writing Rob Apocalypse, I was thinking, look, if I was a super intelligent AI, right, I'm not gonna hang out and have all my processors like in a place where humans are gonna be comfortable. Right. So what's my fortress of solitude? Right. So when these nukes detonate, they vaporize a spherical chunk of like rock underground and they create this chamber and the walls turn to glass. Right. So it's this bubble deep under the ground. Highly radioactive.
0: Oh, my God. It is the ultimate oh. fortress
2: of solitude. And it's, of course, where my bad guy lives. Yeah. Oh, my Sorry, God. Sorry, I, I kind of blew that for Dude, anybody that's Dude, that's dope, read.
0: though. I want to read that again. <laughs> that is a dope idea, that we would create a place where the bad guy lives, because we're so stupid, we blew up nukes in a hole that we dug into the ground.
2: That is true. It's a, you know, it's always... It's what with the hubris, you know? Dude, All the hubris.
0: That's insanity. I can't even believe... That, no, is that a case of people just having too much power because it's a military project Man. to do whatever they want to do and the scientists are allowed to say hey let's try this like some wacky scientist <laughs> this may not
2: be a popular viewpoint but i think it's awesome i think it's optimism i think it's like human the human race as a little kid who has com- stumbled across like this awesome new toy and they're like what can we do with it oh let's try everything you know because like in the 50s We had used technology to end World War II. People were high on technology. They were like, man, technology is going to do everything for us. Like, we're going to eat it. It's going to be food pills. We're not even going to have to eat this bullshit that Earth creates for us. (laughs) We've come full circle now. It's all about organic, and we are afraid of chemicals and afraid of technology. But, you know, in the 50s, that was like the golden age. It was like, we're going to have atomic pens. You know, I don't know why we need atomic energy in our pens, but damn it we're gonna have it and uh <laughs> i wrote a book called where's my jetpack that uh, covers all this stuff i'm sorry i keep dropping all these book names
0: dude your books sound <laughs> fucking awesome i know right um. I've, i i even had a joke about that you'll never have like weed and jetpacks together at the same time
2: <laughs> inebriated human yeah. torpedoes yeah that's that's what happens
0: yeah but plus no one would work because why would you show up at work when you could smoke pot and fly? Like There'd be very, very few things that you would be having more fun at Are you than sure? smoking or, pot and flying or, around in a jetpack.
2: Or would we just be in a future where Louis C.K. stands in front of an audience and says, why is everybody complaining about jetpacks? You're <laughs> flying, people! You know, that That's, whole routine. Well, that
0: would definitely happen.
2: Yeah, I mean, we would just get so sick of it. Oh, you fucking jetpacks, I've always got bugs in my teeth.
0: It's I'm so tired so. of getting my natural gas to fuel my jetpack. <laughs> you know, why can't we make a fucking solar jetpack? It's 2037. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll that, always complain, for sure. But that's yeah. why things get better. Exactly, I agree. It's really important. It, You've got to be able to silence even the most bitter of critics. There's certain things to do. And a, a badass jetpack, I think, would be that. Well, you can actually have a compact, sort of a light backpack, sort of size thing <laughs> that you can actually fly around with.
2: So I, I, can, I can give you the lowdown on on the jetpack, because I, you know, I remember all this right. stuff. Right. So, uh, 40s, Wendell Moore got a, uh, a grant from the Army to build a jetpack, and so he's working for Bell Aerosystems. This is a guy who specialized in building small rocket uh, engines, basically. Airplanes that are flying really, really high. There's not a lot of atmosphere, so they can't plane off of it. So in order to change direction, they fire these little rockets. You know, like, it's like a spacecraft-type deal. So he took one of these little rockets and he literally strapped it onto his back and tethered himself to the ground and just turned it on and he broke his knee he shattered Ooh. his knee actually immediately but it worked so then he literally hired the kid who mowed his lawn a guy named Bill Suter who was like 19, Hale and Hardy, you know, to, uh, to test the jetpack and, and they, they had a working model of the jetpack, you know, and the, it's called a rocket belt, you know, it's literally a rocket, you know, and that's the problem is that you just take the you, like hydrogen peroxide and silver or whatever, you put them together and then it creates an explosion and the, the real hard thing is to throttle it so you don't just explode. Uh, and then it runs, out of, it runs out of juice in, like, 30 seconds. And, that, you know, it's got a terrible fuel-to-weight ratio. <laughs> and that's the problem, you know. They, they they literally they put a buzzer in the helmet because they tested, they showed, you know, Bill Suter would, would take these things to the Olympics. They were in, like, that Bond movie. Like, they would do this for demonstrations to make money uh, after the pro- program was scrapped. And uh, they put a buzzer in the helmet that would buzz after 20 seconds basically saying, you better land right now. <laughs> you right, got ten right. seconds before you just turn into a you know a, a ballast.
0: You know? I I was at a WPBI. My friend Willie has a, a radio show there, and they did this thing in the parking lot where a dude flew a jetpack. Right. Yeah. And we got a video of it. He what did he throw You were there. Were, were you there for that one? No. no. It's loud, He man. um he flew it for like thirty seconds. I think. Like that's like all it had. You can only do it for like a minute. And so I think they got it, it like, up to a minute or something. Yeah. Like, but. It's it's pretty crazy, but this guy's fucked his legs up. His both of his knees are blown out from doing this. Like his ACLs are gone, so he's all fucked up from just crashing with this thing. Yeah. The thing you got w- would have to worry about is anything that has enough power to get you to be flying in the air has enough power to f- speed you into something. Yeah, people would be smacking into each other. We would have to have. We would have. To, there was no. There'd be no way they would let you just have a jetpack. You would have to have some <laughs> sort of a, like like a bumper car. Well, shell
2: we'll see man see that's like i think that's a great example of of applying a current mindset to a technology that's in the future if they were really going to make it there's no way to make it safe it would have to be controlled by a by a robot basically would have to be be like google
0: cars those google cars (laughs) yeah those google cars are essentially driving around now Uh, yeah
1: a lot of people are in uh seattle we're talking about how they see them all the time on the freeway just driving around like a guy in the back seat and no one in the front seat jesus
0: (laughs) what the fuck is that like for that dude in the back seat this car's hitting the Uh, breakers and shit it knows when to change lanes I got into one of
2: those uh, at Carnegie Mellon where I went to school, and I, I got into their autonomous car and drove with it in the back seat while it was driving, going around uh, like a, a test track, right? And it was, okay, first of all, the, the, the wheel is turning by itself, Whoa. right? And you're in the back. So that's weird, right? But then it starts to kind of feel like, uh, I mean, it doesn't wreck immediately. And so you sort of start to loosen up a little bit. And you you get the feeling that you're, like, on a ride, you know, like, uh, and you start to trust it. Like, when you're on a roller coaster, you know, no one's driving it. You just yeah. you feel, you feel like you're safe. But then what happens is I started realizing this car, it didn't know I was inside it, right? So it's tolerant. The tolerances for a car with nobody inside of it are very different than the tolerances oh, of a car. Wow. So it would, like hit the it would sort of sense that there was something there that wasn't you know and it would kind of swerve and it would throw you around like really hard and you realize it doesn't give a shit like it isn't going to be like doing the mom thing where it throws the hand out in front of you like oh sorry dear you know it, this thing is just driving to the tolerance That's of, of the engineering that it's designed for and you were just being thrown around in the back and
0: was the car losing traction at any point?
2: You know, if it was always safe. It was seeing how fast it, it could go because they're competitive. The DARPA Grand Challenge, the DARPA Urban Challenge, they, they had to go as fast as they could. And they didn't have a, a human in them at all. So I was... <laughs> That's scary. So now Google's different. You know, Google just bought Stanford's team, essentially. There's a guy named Sebastian Thrun who got me into school at, at CMU, and then he worked on the autonomous cars at Stanford because Stanford bought him. And then Google bought... They took Sebastian, and now, I mean, this guy, Sebastian Thrun, he's gonna change the world. He's gonna introduce autonomous vehicles. It's gonna change our cities. It's gonna save lives. It's it's really cool. I'm really proud of
0: him. (laughs) That's awesome, man. That's amazing. So do you think that's the future that everyone will have their own personal autonomous vehicle and they'll like get in, they'll just will will queue in on the highways and whatever and you're you'll be able to like read the newspaper and your little vehicle will just wow you won't be in control of it anymore
2: Well the first thing I'm not sure if people are really doing this where they're in the back outside of a closed course because um these cars require a person to be behind the wheel to uh. take the blame if it wrecks Oh I see so you're just sort of like a big meaty Blame <laughs> piece of blame machinery. Like that's the only f- wow. part you play in the in this whole thing. Um, it, that's going to be a
1: job in the future, though. Like a fry guy, but you're going to be sitting in the back seat of a car, being the blame. In, yeah, I'm a blame guy. <laughs>
2: in Ampt, in, in Ampt, there's a truck driver who all he does is he sits in the front seat and he's th- just there to take the blame. That's his whole job. Wow. And he just drives cross country twenty four seven in these in these tr- trucks. <laughs> It will be a job, you know.
0: Yeah, there, there will be a time where there, there are these robot machines just moving back and forth across the country carrying goods.
2: Yeah, and you think about it and it's like, what is it that you can't put into the car? And it's, it's morality, right? Yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> um. yeah, and it has to make certain decisions like what do you do if a horse is in front of you? Yeah. yeah. Do like, you hit it? Do we? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> or do insane. you slam on the brakes and risk losing control of the vehicle? See, or do you this? fuck it?
2: <laughs> or do you just <laughs> slow down? Even make and put sense, put right? your arm outside the window and say, "Hey, hey, what you doing?" Yeah, like people <laughs> have said <laughs> that
0: about um, about small animals that, like, if you see a squirrel, you should, hit you should just hit them yeah. because if you swerve, like, people die all the time from swerving to get away from squirrels. Yeah. They're like, But if it's I a baby carriage. Yeah. Yeah, that's a different thing. See, this is the shit that got... That's a really interesting point. This
2: is what got Will Smith all uptight in iRobot, right? Where at the end, the big reveal for his character is he's like, a robot saved my life from a car, but it let the the little girl next to me die because the probability of saving her life was lower. And it's like, how are you going to blame the robot for that? That's like saying I put my finger in a pencil sharpener and it cut me. It's like, that's what it's designed to do. You're not going to hate the pencil sharpener. I mean...
0: Well, anyway. you, you are for a movie, though, because the middle of America is not going to understand. I was bummed when that happened. Happened I was
2: digging that movie, and then I was like, oh, that's weak.
0: The CGI in that movie was dope. Yeah, was you, you know what cracked those guys up? Is, did amazing work.
2: All those robots go nuts, right? And what do they do? What do they do? They turn red. They got red. You know, oh, there's that part right. where the robot is, is like, uh, there's an old lady like in her house, you know, and she's like, okay, well, "Can you make me some toast or something?" right and the robot yeah. turns around and it's glowing bright red. And I'm like, "What a thoughtful roboticist to to include a red LED in there just in case they all turn evil to indicate to people, "Oh, your robot has flipped over into evil mode. You're going to want to plan accordingly. You
0: know? <laughs> Dude, robots are scary. Robots would beat the shit out of you. Those robots in that movie, nah, the, I mean, if, that was, if there was a whole bunch of them and they had their own thoughts and ideas, I think that's very possible. Yeah,
2: those, those robots are bullshit. So,
0: robot scares the shit out of me. How can you say they were bullshit? Because if you're making a domestic robot that's right. going to
2: operate in people's homes, right? It's going to be in people's homes. Old people, young people. It's going to be on the right. street walking dogs. I mean, I thought that was awesome, right? right. Here's the deal you're going to want to make a safe robot. It's a safe consumer product, okay? So just think of this even just from the beginning for, like, one second from the perspective of a person who's actually building a domestic humanoid robot to sell. Okay, first of all, you know that a human being, anything you put in their environment at home, they are going to put their fingers in it. They're going to try to have sex with it. They're going to get in the bathtub with it. They're going to find a way to, like, kill themselves using this. A toaster is really hard to build safe, Think about building this domestic robot. I think right. the first thing that you're going to do is you're going to make it incapable of hurting people. You're going to make it small and light so that it can't walk through a plate glass window. So that if it loses its batteries and like goes all George Bush Segway and just falls over <laughs> like then it, it won't like crush your baby.
0: Did that, was that what happened to George Bush? He was on one <laughs> of those Segways and the battery died?
2: Yeah, either that or it wasn't even on, and he's just, you know, I don't, <laughs> I'm not sure what was going through his head, but he tried to mount up, and it just wasn't happening. Oh, no. Um, well, those things need to be on. They have a gyro. Yeah, that keeps, yeah so. But anyway, I mean, so, so the, point, uh, the point I'm trying to make is if you're going to build a real domestic robot in someone's house is not gonna be capable of crushing your fist with its hand or leaping through a glass window and falling three stories and denting the, the concrete. What, the fu- what a fucking waste of money, right? First of all. Well,
0: what if it's like how cars are today? Like if you buy like say a brand new Mustang, like a Ford Mustang GT, in the old days they used to have like 300 horsepower they weren't that fast like the new ones just the standard mustang gt you can get there over 400 horsepower they're insanely fast. For this, like, I think it's like $30,000 or $35,000 or something like that. That is insane amounts of performance compared to what existed in the 1960s. If the robots keep getting better and better, people are going to want to have, like, a Ferrari or a uh, Dude, Ducati true. robot. Well, that's true. So,
2: so people are willing to lay down a premium. And, in fact, I got to, again, Carl Wrench made this short film called The Gift, and these people have this snooty-looking butler robot that is a, total badass like yeah. totally physically <laughs> over-engineered for the job he does and it's an awesome awesome little film but um and then they gave him 47 ronin
0: i read this comic book when i was a kid when i was a kid i was super into like those black and white like really cool comic books like the creepy and eerie series have you ever, have you ever seen the illustrated stuff
2: well the crow is kind of
0: yeah sort like, of straight up yeah. and black and this um, there, there was like all these compilation ones Creepy and Eerie were all these like different stories and I remember one of them from one of those types of comic books was about a robot that wound up fucking this dude's wife <laughs> and it was really heavy duty man because the guy tried to fight the robot and the robot snapped his arm and broke it in front of him and the robot had this giant dick just dominated and it was, him it just dom- yeah it was really creepy huh. because it was like this guy couldn't do anything about it and this robot was taken Taking over and fucking his wife, it was it was a really fucked up video because or, or, or comic book rather because I remember reading it when I was like God I couldn't have been more than like eight or nine <laughs> you know that's when I was like really into comic books that was my my comic book era and so uh, this this image of this bald giant robot with this giant cock snapping this guy's arm after he got done fucking his wife was like so disturbing. I was like, "Could you imagine if that's what you have to deal with? Is just robots start coming along and fucking people's wives and, and snapping dudes' arms and shit?" I
2: think that's kind of the underlying fear, right? Of it's course, going to be better at us than everything, everything. and if they're but, black robots. <laughs> yeah, then we get a yeah, we get some of that mixed in, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, at least it wasn't fucking him.
0: (laughs) Yeah, well, that was probably next. Yeah, that's like episode two. Fuck him with his own broken arm. (laughs) Pull that thing off and stuff it up his ass. Literally, it could do that. That's some scary shit, man. (sighs) You
2: know, what's weird for me to think about is that, you know, we know that you can't beat a robot at chess. I mean, like, we can't. I mean, maybe you could if you were, like, a master, right? You can't beat a robot at Jeopardy. It whooped everybody's ass. You know that you can't beat them on the battlefield. Like robots have dominated in a lot of different areas like since we've been kids. Right. And we at least remember a time when you could beat a robot at chess and just be a normal person who likes to play chess every now and then. The next generations, they don't, they've never lived in a time when a robot didn't dominate them at a lot of intellectual tasks and increasingly physical tasks. Like, There's gonna be people born that don't remember a time when cars didn't drive themselves better than humans can drive cars. And it's interesting to think
0: like... Well how about the fact that right now we have people that have never known a life without the internet.
2: Yeah, or being able but to look crazy. things up on smart. That's
0: crazy. I want to know what I would be
1: like if I was one of these kids. You know what I mean? Been, I bet I you so got much in. Much you got
0: in very, uh, very early though. Yeah, but as far not. as like most people, you you were tuned into the internet when you were in your twenties, your right? Uh, eight, when you're twenties.
1: Well, I mean, we had computers growing up. It was more like uh, the internet was probably 18, but I've had computers my whole life.
0: What do you think, like, coming from, like, Ohio, coming from a place like Columbus, what do you think is, like, the biggest impact that the internet has to a place like that? Because now when you go back there, do you find these kids to be, like, more tuned in than you were when you were their age? It's
1: definitely communication. Like, back in the day, the only way I... Would know anybody from another school or whatever is if I met them at a game or if I right, s- went right. to a roller skating rink and they were in the men's bathroom and they told me to come in a stall. Oh, this <laughs> is getting <it's> got <laughs> gay as fuck. What happened there? Are you okay? <laughs> no, but, uh, but now I, now I think it's like 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 look at Death Squad Ohio when we was in Death Squad there was like a group of like a huge group of people that are all friends now, Like right, Good right, friends. Right. They're staying at each other's houses. They're you know flying yeah. in, and getting each other at the airport, and they're a gang now,
0: right? And that's all because of uh, the internet. Yeah. So all the internet connecting all these different things in a way that's never happened before allows all these areas like in the that you, you used to have no culture coming into them it allows them to experience an incredible variety of different things right out of their fucking computer. Yeah, I mean, but on
2: specific details, like really specific things that you're into, where yeah. you wouldn't be able to get a critical mass of people that are into it Like bigfoot hunting, to be hunting. Yeah.
0: Like if you were a Bigfoot hunter, See, try if Big Big you were a Bigfoot hunter and you live afraid. in any fucking town, try finding a fellow Bigfoot hunter. That shit is hard, <laughs> yeah. man. You can't, you know, order a cup of coffee and then, so uh, what do you guys think about Bigfoot? You know, no one's going to talk to you about now Bigfoot. Now you go on
2: the internet for five minutes, you get your own show. Boom. <laughs> a lot of foot
0: fetish guys if trying you, to come to your house. Yeah, if you go, yeah, right. <laughs> You I've had guys. Stall. I've had guys offer to massage my feet. Are you a bigfoot lover too? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. oh, wait. wait a minute! No, 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 no. Sasquatch. I I Sasquatch. <laughs> <laughs> That's what they call me, honey. <laughs> yeah, the, the you. It's really tough to, to be a bigfoot person out there in the real world, you know, but on the internet, it's easy as fuck. You just, just join a forum. Everybody because sh- there's like a new bigfoot video every couple weeks nowadays.
2: Well, on the other end of that spectrum, though. Don't you think it also sort of cheapens your relationships? Because how's that? Well, so you can't have like you can. I don't know about other people. Maybe I'm just a dweeb, but I I can maintain about two good friends, buddies, like real buddies. I know. And then like anything beyond that is really there's a very narrow stripe of like acquaintances, and then it's all you know. You have all this time that you spend interacting with people online, and it's a thousand people. Yeah, And so, you know what, and not to assign any value judgment to it. It's a different type of interaction than like intense, full bandwidth, one-on-one talking to somebody. Right. But the advantage is that you get, it's one to a thousand. You know, you get to interact with like 999 more people. It's not as intense as just one-to-one, but you have a bigger, it's like more breadth and Mm -hmm. less depth is what I'm
0: saying, you know it's interesting. I think it's it's also something that we we have to get used to managing. Period. You know, yeah. just the it's managing the amount of information that comes into your into your life and managing the amount of people that you're interacting with. I mean, it can it can just any sort of social interaction through a message board or Facebook or Twitter. You could get so yeah, I mean, absorbed in yeah. communicating with all these different people that you, you will never get anything done. You'll, you're, you know, you're, It will eat up all your time.
2: Yeah, and you'll be the guy looking at his damn vibrating monster cell phone <laughs> all the time yeah. while you're out, and your friends are just like, Whoa, yeah. oh, I hate this guy.
0: This immersion, this human immersion to technology, the most, it disturbs me the most when I see people that are really, really addicted to role-playing games. Hmm. That's where I see, like... Like wow, that's you could really get stuck in a black hole and lose your fucking life. Have you ever met anybody that's uh, course, or known anybody, I, yeah. I
2: have friends that are super into role playing games, but mm-hmm. also board games people get into. But then also sure. video games make make oh. role playing games so much easier, especially yeah. the massively online yeah. multiplayer stuff. And a lot of times that seems to me to be just simple. Escape, like mm-hmm. you just your life sucks, or yeah. or it doesn't suck, but it's just more fun. It's know? way cooler. It's way you know, cooler. I've played yeah. in here and magic I have-
0: and shit, going out and getting gold and bitches. <laughs> you yeah. know, in real life, you're just smelling cat piss in your house hey. the fuck is that smell i hope not God, why is the my beautiful fuck gray is that couch cat piss smell is such a deal yeah now some a, i've seen some toilet. horrible <laughs> shit online about parents who are neglecting their children because they were just completely absorbed in these online uh, games it goes the other
2: way my, my wife's a child psychologist she had a kid who was addicted to uh you know one of the online games and in order to deal with him she had to find his guild master, who is some... This is a kid who's like 13 or 14. She found his guild master, who's like a 30-year-old like a dude, you know, like in Eugene or something. He comes up to Portland for a meeting and says, hey, man, like, you know, you've got a problem, and I'm going to have to limit, like, the amount of raids you can go on. And and she had to... But she had to make that human element real, you know, because this kid had a real relationship with his guild master. They, they'd hung out for hours and hours and hours, you know. They were tight. But they never met, you know, and so they weren't able to, you know, she had to bring him in to look out for this kid.
1: Wow. Did you see the lines for the new Call of Duty game last night? Oh, man. Jesus Christ. (laughs) There was people there at one in the afternoon outside of a GameStop just like sitting in these lawn chairs. And I'm like, what? Who are these people? Savages? Yeah. And then last night I was on Sunset. Four blocks of just straight mob people waiting in line for a video game. I'm like, what wow. the fuck? I don't get that because like I woke up this morning and it was on my front porch. Thanks, Amazon. You guys are like, what? Oh, you got <laughs> an extra seven hours or something? Yeah. Well, yeah.
0: You're not an addict, though. Well, yeah. and that's also
1: the community, yeah. right? I
0: mean,
2: yeah. they're there to oh, yeah, chill yeah. out yeah, with true. each other
0: and Yeah, talk totally, shit. yeah. Look, that's a fucking fun game. That game scares the shit out of me. Oh, it's great. I've watched uh, Bruce Buffer plays it. He plays it at the airport and I was like you better keep that fucking game away from me I'll lose my life I'll have no life Forbes
2: article about a a guy named Peter Singer who's a like uh, uh, basically a consultant for anybody the CIA like all all the military infrastructure and they had him design all the like robotic weaponry that's in the new call of duty and the shit is all like super legit <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> and, and really realistic and it, yeah jesus those can't games play are it. so immersive you, you gotta yeah. have like 12 year old reflexes to, like, <laughs> it's like i'm not gonna go out and try to start a career as a gymnast you know right now right. I'm too old that's the way i feel about call of duty i can't
0: oh you would get, just have to get absorbed you, you would just, just uh i, just get better than I my was friends, really so terrible when i first started out at quake but I got really good after a while. I was that was my addictive. Hey, Castle uh, Wolfenstein, man, dude, I mean, that was old school. That was yeah. like the first one, right? Wasn't it the first? Wasn't that the first? Uh, I yeah, think. and it
2: didn't. It wasn't. You couldn't jump or anything. It was flat. Right. You know? Well, there was Duke Nukem. Uh, I think
0: Castle Wolfenstein was the first, and then came Doom.
2: Doom, right, right, right.
0: And Doom, they they named Doom uh, from that line in The Color of Money with Tom Cruise. I Tom Cruise went out to play this guy, and Tom Cruise is like the best player in the country. And he had this crazy pool cue. And the guy said, "What you got in the case, boy?" And he goes in here, and he opens it up, and he goes, "Doom." <laughs> and the idea was that their game was so badass that that's what they were gonna do to the whole video game industry. We were gonna, we were gonna like. Drop some doom on them. They did all in it the, was, the yeah.
2: 90s. It was all articles about those guys like buying shitloads of Ferraris. And stuff. Uh,
0: I know Carmack, man. I've uh, been over his his um, studios a few times. I've, uh, th- I've, those guys are really cool guys, and Carmack is like a real rocket scientist. Like in his spare That's time, what I love
2: is that these guys are all really, really smart.
0: Guys. He's dude. He's beyond smart. He's one of those guys where I talk to him, and I'm like, I'm not convinced we're the same species. I'm not convinced. Like well, see, this guy, he's so inte- know, he's so uh, so past talk, you know, like just computer-wise what he's doing all day, you know, the computations that he's making, the way he's redesigning these f- uh, first-person shooters. He's he's like a super super fucking genius. Having lived in Seattle, <laughs> like you see
2: you, you meet these guys, right? The the ones that have started companies and are like right. mad intelligent. Yeah, 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 yeah. And like the and for me they're always it seems like about Five or ten years older than me, and I'm always pissed. I'm always like, "Damn! If I was ten years older, like I would have been on that scene. I would have had a chance to like go nuts with it." Like they have. Like I have a buddy who who works for Bungie, right? He 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 makes Halo. I mean, it's a sweet job. But when he was in college, he wrote a textbook on how to program graphics, and you know what that got him a job at Bungie. But it didn't get him. A, a Ferrari garage. Right. <laughs> it, like, didn't get him. like, every generation has these smart guys but whenever they, and girls, and when they fall in, you know, it's all about how, how much the field's been blown open.
0: Right, like Doom? Right.
2: There's a lot of stuff, like low-hanging fruit waiting on you. Of course, yeah. he'd probably bust my ass if you he heard me say this. He'd be like, I earned it. <laughs> don't, well, I mean, don't
0: trivialize my he, accomplishments. He certainly did innovate in a big way in the first-person shooter world. Yeah. It was um, him, and there was that other guy that was on with him with Doom, and then that guy left when he made Quake. Who guy was had long hair, had some fabulous hair. He was uh, <laughs> a uh, he was a, a very controversial video game designer himself. And those are those those are the original ID guys. But they yeah. went on to make Quake, like Quake Two, Quake Three. Each one of them got better and more intense with the graphics. And it's like that just the amount of hours of entertainment they provided with those video games. It's like, Crazy to think it's about. staggering. And this Call of Duty is on, that's, that's like the next level shit. That's like the highest level.
2: What I love is it puts Hollywood to shame. Like movies don't yeah. make this much money. Like movies are just, they pale in comparison now to video games.
0: They're and way more exciting it's so you you get so locked in on one of those fucking games and you're See, creeping it, around shooting at I people I understand
2: why video why movies aren't loss leaders to video games now it's almost it's always like yeah we're making a movie and, oh and we're going to have a video game it's like Dude, the money is in video games. Yeah. Make a movie just to get – as like a PR campaign to get people into your video game because that's where the cash money is at.
0: Yeah, not a bad idea, especially if you develop like one of these Call of Duty type franchises where yeah. it just becomes – everyone plays it. You know, like you, Ice-T is always on TV playing <laughs> – doesn't he play that? He plays Gears of War too, right? Yeah, yeah. You know what I did? I Gears another one. No. Bought me
2: a Nintendo, dude. I I got a, I went to the thrift store and I bought a, like an old an TV old and an old VCR. Whoa! And you know what I found? Like watching old school movies on a VCR and on a little bitty four by three, you know, resolu- like TV. You know, the graphics weren't as good, right? They didn't have CGI and all that stuff. Like I'm thinking like uh, Lost Boys and like you know Terminator Two and stuff. Right, right, pretty, pretty right. Pretty good graphics, but not the you watch it on that little screen, it's convincing. It's really? like low resolution. You know? Like There's right. a lot of stuff that you just, just comes goes right by.
0: Well, have you ever seen a, an old meant- movie that's been brought to Blu-ray?
2: Uh, yeah, I think, but I can't.
0: Aliens, the second oh, really? Alien movie, was brought to Blu-ray. And when you watch it on a modern television with a Blu-ray player it's so hokey looking yeah, the fucking background there's a scene where there's a uh, a jet that's parked there or one of those uh you know whatever Drop those ships. spaceships, five by and five. then <laughs> the background is supposed to be like this whole warehouse area it's so fucking fake, I mean it's so obviously it's like fake a painted set it looks terrible, I mean yeah. it looks so bad, it's so hokey you're like, oh my God, like you're not supposed to have this at this resolution when the director made it, he made it for a certain resolution that's yeah. When you deal with special effects, you got to respect that. You can't pump it up to Blu-ray, you greedy bitches. What,
2: you know why I bought the Nintendo? Was I have a daughter? She's two and a half, right? And she is not allowed in the room when I'm playing video games because it's right. intense. Like yes. I'm playing Skyrim, and it's like very real. What is Skyrim? What is Skyrim?
0: I'm sorry. Way of Life. I had to run uh, away from the video games, man. Uh, it's I'm basically a fellow junkie. It's
2: in the Oblivion series. It's a, It's one of those role-playing games, but it's single-player, so okay. you can finish it and you can leave your life. Uh, but it's incredibly oh, realistic. Oh, so you're playing against the computer. You're not playing you're online. You're playing in a total immersive world. I mean, I can talk just, about Skyrim forever. And,
0: it, and you're running it through your PC or your, yeah, your computer. Yeah, I actually
2: bought a new gaming PC for to run this game. Oh, and my I got, God. For a while, it was more fun to actually download all the mods to, like hype up all the, all the texture mapping, all the water,
0: mm-hmm. the fire, the blood, the right.
2: atmosphere, the weather.
0: <laughs> and what are you doing? Like, you fighting people in this game?
2: Yeah, I mean, you know, it's, it's, it's your typical Lord of the Rings ripoff. Like, you're in a world where, you know, it's like that medieval stuff. There's magic and all that. It's really, really fun, but it's intense. And if I was playing it, my two-year-old, no way is she allowed in the room, right? And so one day she says to me something along the lines of, like, you know, video games are scary. And I'm like, that's bullshit, man. Video games are – Super Mario Brothers is not scary, right? So that's why I bought the Nintendo. I showed her this. I was like, this is a video game, honey. Boop, 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 boop. (laughs) Just so that she's not like terrified by what video games have sort of become, you know? Well,
0: especially if you're watching a man's or a young man's – you know, something that's geared towards them. I mean, obviously, or dead or I guess something. there's a few women that want to go run around playing Call of Duty. It must be. I mean, oh. it's so popular. It must be women playing it yeah. as well, right? Oh, there's I tons th- of them. Yeah, but you're, are you're, there games that are geared specifically towards women?
2: Someone's going to be waiting outside to kick you in the balls. Like, if you keep down this <laughs> road of questioning whether women are are playing these games because, I mean, they are. They are in a big way, right?
0: I'm just guessing. I don't know the community. I knew there was a lot of women Quake players, though. There was like a lot of girls that were really good that would play one-on-one duels with dudes and fuck them up and it was embarrassing as shit (laughs) because you just get jacked and Quake by a chick. Have have you seen the zombies in the new
1: Call of Duty? They have a zombie mode like and it's crazy as fuck. Can you pull up a video? Yeah. Yeah. What was that?
3: (laughs) I (laughs) hope you guys enjoy it.
1: So here's, here's a, just shows you a little bit of the zombies, it's from Mashimo. This is like the trailer for We're it. looking
0: at a trailer right now. I'm
2: getting really scared, you guys.
0: Wow, the graphics are amazing. It's yeah. just like, what they can do now in a vid, just a, the CGI opening for a video game is incredible. This is this like really yeah, dingy,
2: I love that this is like post-apocalyptic
0: gener- bus scenario.
2: It's probably generated by the game engine, you know? Oh,
0: yeah. Wow.
2: <laughs>
0: oh this is great
2: are those soldiers
0: yeah and here is. <laughs> is there anything more fun than shooting zombies oh, it's awesome.
2: that is a negatory They're well running, running, running over. them over yeah, yeah. right <laughs> i had a
0: zombie dream last night man
2: oh, the walking dead gets me dreaming about zombies all the damn time now
0: And they just hoard you.
1: And you're pretty much just like constantly having to try to get the fuck away from these zombies.
0: Isn't it funny that one of the most fearsome things that we can conjure up is a human being that's dead and wants to get you?
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Robots are kind of similar, right? I mean, it's the... We're afraid of the human form, man.
0: Well, we're afraid of the human form in, in a diseased manner, too, whether it's psychologically yeah. diseased or it's, whether it's that uh, 28 Days Later, that epidemic, yeah. that rage shit that got out. That was one of the scariest movies ever.
2: I got a whole horror movie theory about this. My theory <laughs> is that the reason that, like, a werewolf is scarier than, like, a wolf is because the werewolf, because it has human traits, has the capability of being evil. Right Ooh. Because a wolf or like an animal or just nature is not good or evil, like you don't blame the wolf for, for killing right. somebody it's like that's what a wolf does. But as soon as you inject some human into it, then you have something that's capable of just really being evil and just doing something for evils. Sake.
0: Yeah, that's. I think that's a really accurate representation. If you stop and think about it, it's very rare that a wolf would... Actually, I have a friend, now that you think about this. I have a friend who uh, had these wolves. They were um, his pets, and they were like seven-eighths timber wolf, and they had like a little bit of husky or something else in them, and they were essentially wolves, man. Yeah. And he didn't really have good control over these things, and they got out, and they killed a bunch of the neighbor's farm animals. And they they didn't just kill one and ate it. They they killed them for pleasure. Just to kill. Yeah. So most of the time, I think wolves when they're killing, they're killing out of starvation. They're killing because they want to eat. But I think they can kill a lot for pleasure too.
3: Yeah. You, know?
0: yeah. you got to wolves. Wolves actually kill for pleasure. That's a they 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 might if they were fattened up too. They might just <laughs> fuck with you and jack you. But the That's idea true. of a, a human really evil you know? humans so. seem to be a lot more capable of evil than wolves well again it's the competition thing you know it's uh it's it's the 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 complexities of the possibilities of emotions that could be conjured up raising a child and doing a shitty job of doing it and putting the kid in horrible situations and and then all of a sudden that that what that person is at the most evil merges with a wolf you know the worst characteristics ever of a human being merged well, with a wolf, it, and that's what a werewolf would be—like a just horrible, psychotic killer animal.
2: It's about—it's like it's about like knowing what you're doing, yeah. right? Like Hannibal Lecter freaks me the hell yeah. out because he's so aware of exactly what he's inflicting, and it, and it's like, and that's what. Multi, like amplifies whatever evil act he's doing is the level of like satisfaction he's right. getting out of it and and that really you know makes it worse i, I don't know yeah
0: it does it was always disturbing how like well read he was and how aware of how fucked up he was but well, he's he didn't care about yeah that stuff. <laughs> yeah yeah he was one of the most terrifying guys ever yeah. yeah and that's uh in the you know there was two versions of him too did you ever see that first movie oh uh, god it was Dragon's Blood or something like that the very first, what was the very there was a prequel to that
2: right it came out later yeah. but it was no yeah. I, I think I had enough when I saw someone eating their own brain I was like I'm never gonna forget this it's gonna haunt me for the rest of my life yeah, the Red guy. Dragon the I red think, dragon, think that's what yeah, it was
0: and tattoo. they made that a movie later they they eventually yeah he had that tattoo on his oh, back oh that
2: might have been the one that freaked me out that's that's, that's where he's torturing the old uh, in, in rich guy that is. Anyway, I
0: think so. God, I can't remember. I think it was Gary Oldman. I can't remember. I don't remember who the uh, Hannibal Lecter was either. But he was very subtle. It was a very different. I, take. Oh, it was a
2: different actor. Yeah, wasn't Hopkins? It,
0: it wasn't Hopkins. Oh. No, it was uh, some other guy. But um, the, yeah, that's a, that idea of the genius that wants to kill you, that doesn't have any remorse whatsoever, and is doing it because it's the only thing that gives him any sort of a feeling. Yeah, that's a terrible, terrifying thought. That's way scarier than robots. That's right? why
2: people. I think it's why people are the scariest thing, you know.
0: <clears throat> so we have to worry about cyborgs, not robots. <laughs> robots maybe will save us from the cyborgs.
2: It's all on the table <laughs> at the end. No, no. I'm, I don't. Imagine because if it
0: becomes like, what if it becomes the first country that commits their their, their army to becoming robot cyborgs?
2: I mean, this is like a question with, with whether we should implant ourselves, you know, and use neural implants to, to do things. Because you think to yourself, well, like, okay, you know, we have all this bioethics and, and we've decided that it's not uh, ethical for people to do this because everyone would have to get one in order to compete, right? right. right. So, so we're going to outlaw them. And then it's like, oh, in China, they're they're state they're mandated by the state. You know? It's like <laughs> and they're getting real productive over there in China. Yeah. And it's like, huh? You know, you think about sort of you have a macrocosm view, and then you have like a microcosm. Microcosm is everybody in my kid's classroom uh, went to the doctor and got diagnosed with ADHD, and now all these kids have a neural implant, and Whoa. they're all way smarter than my kid. Whoa. And the macrocosm is like that, but applied to like a whole nation. You know, that we're competing with.
0: Dude, that would freak you out if you were the only kid that had a natural brain in class (laughs) and all the other kids had chips in their heads and you couldn't fuck with anything they were saying. Dude, there's a super sweet, what?
2: there's a really sweet outer limits that's all about that where there's this one kid whose brain doesn't allow him to get this, so he's basically not on like all the internet and social networks, and then all the other kids get their brains fried by like a virus, and he's the only one that's, that's cool, and he reads books and stuff, and he saves everybody, it's I
0: like The Outer Limits. The Outer Limits is an awesome <laughs> fucking show. I love the idea of the possibilities that science fiction presents. I just love that there's so many different, when you, you stop and think, especially like we were talking about Lost in Space, when they really had no idea what the future was going to be like. And you get to see what their, their vision of it was. It's, it's so fascinating to me. Almost more fascinating than when we, like Prometheus like what we're going to be capable of? It's like oh, yeah, I see what you're doing a little bit of Microsoft touch in there, and you know, <laughs> so, you know. Oh, she created a whole different environment. She's got she now she thinks she's in the desert. Look, her. I haven't what, seen it. You haven't seen Prometheus? I, no, no,
2: I should see. I got a two year old. I can't see anything.
0: It, you know what, man? Um, it's 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 hard to live up to the Alien series, and it, it doesn't yeah. really. It stumbles a little bit, but it's still. I, I I've seen it more than once. I've seen it again in the hotel room. I was bored, so I watched it again. It's a badass movie. I mean, visually, it's stunning. Visually alone, it's worth watching because there's some incredible scenes in it, just visually. But the uh, the future, like the technology they present, doesn't seem much different well, than what we ca- we're capable of right now.
2: That stuff really does, you know, influence actual science. like, you know, f- people will take clips from these movies and everything and show them during their presentations and wow. say, this is like what we're doing. Um, specifically minority report you know, oh yeah where he's right. doing that i mean that was huge for, yeah. for human computer interaction and hci people like suddenly that clip was showing up like everywhere at conferences and people were like this is what we're doing
0: yeah do you think we're going to get away from the uh keyboard interface in the yeah. near future you think yeah.
2: so yeah there's so much research that's going into natural human interfaces like because we have all this machinery upstairs that's got us geared to interacting with other human beings the way we interact face recognition speech recognition gesture recognition emotion recognition
0: you know what i'm really impressed with is the speech recognition on there's a the iphone has a native app that's uh that comes with it called notes and this notes when you go to enter into a new note it has this little this little button that you can press that looks like an old school microphone <laughs> and uh you can just press it and you talk into it and you Daniel H. Wilson is a bad motherfucker. <laughs> so that's it. And boom, it reads it. Dude, mine
2: doesn't do that. I have Dude, notes. You, i got to figure out you where the button's at. <laughs> it's right
0: at the bottom of the keyboard to the left of the spacebar. Do you see how awesome that it. is? Yeah. I mean, I just said it for the folks at home who are listening to this. I just said that into my phone, and it's an instantly printed up exactly what I said. Daniel H. Wilson is a bad motherfucker. It is even spe- spelled bad motherfucker correctly.
1: Have you done this yet? Text Paris Hilton,
0: I want to eat her asshole. Hey, man, that's just rude. <laughs> what if Paris Hilton was listening Here's to your this?
1: Message to Paris Hilton. <laughs> All right. Ready to send it? And it says, I want to eat your asshole. <laughs> and I'll send it.
3: Okay, I'll send it.
1: Well, luckily, Siri just Paris took Hilton, carry that Hilton for is you. in your phone?
0: Yeah. Or does Siri just know?
1: Huh? <laughs> Siri you know, just looked it up. It's, uh, oh, you can't see it. Yeah.
0: Well, that sound. What you just did was very rude, young man. If you really did send her that, you are abusing technology. You're a part of the problem. Whatever Siri did, I didn't do it. Even oh, yeah, if she true. wanted her asshole licked, she probably doesn't want you bringing it up like that. You know, it's like Jesus. Can we like talk about it in private after a couple of cocktails? Yeah, and we don't need. The- yeah, I like it. Okay, I like it when I'm clean, but uh, I don't need it to be on a podcast, bitch. You're rude, dude. Just want you.
2: Every morning, seven thirty before she leaves the house.
0: You are, uh, your your uh, book, Robo Apocalypse, is a New York Times best selling book. That's pretty. That's a pretty dope thing attached to your name, New York Times best selling author.
2: I know, man. I love it. I got it on my Twitter handle. I'm gonna you're I'm legit. gonna eventually get over it, but for <laughs> now, I'm still really into it. No,
0: why would you get over that? You're legit. That's like what everybody wants. You, well, you're you're like a, that makes you like a black belt in writing. It's
2: I think it really is. Important because it's in in when you're writing for a living, it's really hard to convey to people whether you're doing all right or not. Mm -hmm. Like, because people, you'll be at a party and no one knows who the hell you are. You're a writer, right? Right, I mean, why would they? It doesn't really matter how successful you get, they're not going to know who you are. And you're at a party and someone says, What do you do? You know, and you're like, I write science fiction for a living. And they're like, well, good luck with that, man. Like <laughs> if that works out and, and yeah. it's like, "Well, no, I, I'm I'm doing okay." Like, you know, we could talk about it. It's not embarrassing. Like
0: <laughs> Oh, that's funny. So, they automatically assume that you were failed.
2: Yeah. I think. Was so. is it, is I mean, it because you're not kinda, Stephen King? It's because think. it's really hard to make a living writing science fiction. I mean, it's actually it? scary. I mean, the the understanding is, if you say I write science fiction for a living, the understanding is you do not get paid. You have another job. That's
0: interesting because I would think that there would be a big market for that.
2: There it, is, it seems, right? To be, yeah, it seems well, to me There's
0: a lot of people that are science fiction buffs.
2: Science fiction's killing it, but like yet yeah, it's it's still sort of got all this like bad image problems from, like, the pulp era, you know? Like, <laughs> so, so, like, Doubleday, my publisher, they they promoted the book as a techno-thriller. Wow. Not science fiction. It's a techno-thriller because there's, like, a science fiction ghetto. There's, like, oh my a science fiction sub-genre. Distinction. Yeah, and if you fall into that, then you go into the science fiction. You don't go into the mainstream popular. What? Like, you don't go on the front table. You go into the science fiction area. That's so weird. And, and you know what pisses me off? It's, like... Science fiction is a bad word. Like people, the most popular book is like Fifty Shades of Grey. Like you know? yeah, like, it's fucking S and M. Embarrassed about science. fiction? What do you fiction?
0: think th- that's about, man? As a writer, you see this poorly written bondo bondage book, wow. and it's doing really well. bondo not bondo that's the shit for your cars (laughs) bonda you know bondage sadomasochistic weird sexual thing there's a puddle on the it's about like a really handsome guy likes to hurt girls doesn't he like do it on purpose or something like that
2: i haven't read it i heard
0: he's you read it dude i saw the look in your eyes (laughs) he was trying to lie to me
2: i've seen a lot of people i've seen a lot of people reading it in public and i'm always kind of like strange
0: that's like a porno why not just have a a penthouse in public
2: i know but i kind of i kind of like it. When you, you like, see, like it? you a cute girl you know, reading oh, it in yeah. public, you're sort of like, you, yeah. you dirty,
0: <laughs> dirty, 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 <laughs> dirty bitch. Yeah, you're right. I didn't um, think about it that way. Yeah, maybe it's girls like putting out a signal like they're down. I had a friend who uh, <laughs> dated this girl and she, they were normal and he said she she got this book, read the book, and then the next time they were together, she asked him to spit in her mouth. <laughs> and he was like, what the fuck? She goes, do it. Spit in my mouth. And he was like, what? What the fuck wow. are you doing? I've been reading this book, Fifty Shades of Grey. I'm just getting really excited about. You know, He's like, "What the <laughs> fuck are you reading?" Was, so he started like reading like what she was reading and trying to figure out why, why she wanted him off. to spit in her mouth.
2: I was at a uh, i i was I went to, Oricon the science fiction convention, in Portland. Right, so I'm at we have a hotel room uh, for this sci fi convention, and my friend rents porno right on the TV and. At the beginning, and I've never seen this before, at the beginning, before they played the the, the porn, right, there's a message that says, these are unrealistic scenarios, do not try this. <laughs> these people are, like, trained. It was like the whole, like, do not try this at home thing. And then, of course, it's just typical pornography, right? Just, like, very large objects going in very small places. And it's true, like... I don't know if that's just a hotel thing or if that's just like on all porn and but you can imagine the hotels are like we really need to have a we need to have a, a little disclaimer at the beginning because people are hurting each other they're getting they're getting rowdy <laughs> oh. <laughs> we're, oh. we're spending a fortune on sheets
0: if you talk to anybody that's in the medical profession that's done any work in the emergency room they would tell you about all the various things that people have stuffed in their body and then got stuck up there and it's yeah. it's crazy, man. I had a friend who, they had to pull a light bulb out of this dude's ass. <laughs> oh One God. of those twisty oh light bulbs. God. You know those like, oh they're Jesus. slightly thicker glass because they're kind of twisty. At least it wasn't a fluorescent. Yeah, effect. It right? had What's broken. It, <laughs> it had broken in his ass. Yeah. They, they had to pull this out of his ass. Wow. Dude, they like, the- like gingerly had to like <laughs> get, walk him because he was afraid that if he closed down on his ass, it would shatter inside <laughs> of his ass and just shards of. Blood. And there's a video of a guy doing that very thing. Well, there's the, a video the of a guy cup. with a cup. Ugh. Oh my god, it's horrific! It. It's a, this time he he doesn't do it with a lipo, but he does it with a cup, like a thi- which is even scarier because it's a glass heavy, thick glass jar. And it breaks off inside of him, and he's pulling these chunks of <laughs> glass with blood, and it's all falling out of his ass. And it it's one of the most disturbing things you could ever see on the internet. And, you're and you're welcome.
2: Keep in mind, you, if you see it, you can't unsee it.
0: Yeah, you don't want to so. see it, but you do want to see it. I can't even watch just Tosh to know. anymore.
2: I don't like it. Because tasha Tosh, I just feel like Tasha should just rename it to somebody's about to get a compound fracture. Right. Wait for it. <laughs> it's like the new faces
0: of death. And you, yeah, much. and
2: you never know, right? It could just be like some old lady crossing the street or like a guy taking a drink of milk and then <laughs> compound fracture.
0: And you want to see a like, broken toe, a horrifically will, broken toe? i not look at it. You're not going to look at is it? it? Is it you yours? No, Anthony Parash. Uh, he's a fighter that fights in the UFC, and he uh, uh. just had to withdraw from a fight because of a broken toe. It's pretty incredible. You want to <laughs> see it? No. no.
2: No. Do you want to see it? I like to I like to use the VCR method and lower the resolution by squinting.
0: Yeah. You don't? okay, then I'm not going I'm, I'm not going to show it to you. I'm not going to show it to you, but
1: it's one of the craziest things I've ever seen. It's, I, I it do doesn't look good. Or I do like the thing where I'm just looking at the bottom left of yeah. a screen so yeah, exactly. I'm like I could see it like an arm. That,
0: yeah, yeah, you yeah. remember the first time you saw like someone die on online like the first video of like the Bud Dwyer video or something oh, like that. You're like, "Oh, man. wow, that's a guy dying. That's what it looks like mm-hmm. when someone dies."
2: Well, you used to have to like go through all the trouble to get faces of death, mm-hmm. and then it was a huge deal, and you know, yeah, now it's like you're waiting for the bus it's like I think i'm going to watch fifteen people die, yeah, right.
0: faces of death was the same era for me as a friend who had one of those barnyard porns. There was a few of those porns that were going around that were, like, so grainy. And seedy and just Yeah, oh, just horrendous. You just got to think about what it was like to be this poor girl that was just blowing this donkey.
2: And the actual VHS tapes are always Mm -hmm. sticky and the stickers Mm. ripped
0: off. (laughs) And sometimes, you know, the tape would get fucking broken and spool up. And there were horrible, horrible videos. And it was like the resolution was terrible. You know, but But at least there was like a little bit of
2: pageantry. Yeah. So, maybe that's the wrong word. No. But but gravity associated with the whole act of yeah. witnessing this terrible thing. It yeah. wasn't so easy. Yeah. You know? You're
0: right. Uh. It was a big deal. Like we planned it out. Like one guy even had to watch the door. Right. Like one guy watched the door and we watched it downstairs on this, like is at the bottom, like he was like he stood like halfway up the stairs so he could like still lean down and look over at this. It was a little shitty ass fucking television we were watching this on and when we were watching that girl blow the horse we were like what the fuck we thought we, we could go to jail at any moment Like someone could cause <laughs> I think, kick the
2: door in Yeah, I don't Laird remember how old
0: we were but it wasn't more than like high school age it was somewhere around high school age it was just the craziest thing to see ever to watch this chick have sex with animals like there was a dog <laughs> she, she blew a dog, she blew a donkey like there was a couple different animals that she had have sex with it's so weird yeah. that was so hard to do it's like and we felt bizarre for like days afterwards you know it's <laughs> everybody's kids, just kind of like hey kids today they just hey. laugh about that shit they think it's hilarious yeah, yeah it rolls
2: off of them I mean they they witness so much more so much faster yeah. than we ever did and <laughs> I don't know.
0: Yeah, there's a, there's a weirdness to this life for them that just never existed, for, as far as we know, for any human ever. This, this weird connection to almost anything. If you leave your kid out in the world with an iPhone, you send him out in the world, you're giving them access to fucking everything. That's the yeah. whole world. They may, I mean, they're not going to probably get t- taken by internet scammers from their iPhone, but almost everything else.
2: There's a Times article right now where they're interviewing people, like a bunch of different people about porn, you know, uh-huh. and the impact on society. And then that there's somebody that says exactly that. They're like, look, you know, kids have access to everything. It's really impossible <sighs> to limit that access. And so, and they're talking about how all this easy access to porn has affected people's sex lives. And apparently, uh, you know, certain, they go through and they catalog which sex acts occur in the majority of videos. So they can say, like, 88% of videos have a facial, you know? Mm-hmm. And, then, and then they look and they, there's a direct correlation. What happens in those videos is is what people want to do uh, at home, you know?
0: That's funny. So, like, butt sex goes way well, up. It, it must be. They
2: said, like, 80% had butt sex and then 4% of people actually had butt sex, which is... You what do you mean 80% edit? in the video well, in the video 80% about,
0: of the people did it but in real life 4% of the people did yeah, it yeah because
2: there's a correlation between sense. demands and what's in the videos not so much a correlation between what actually happens because of <laughs> the gatekeepers in yeah. this whole process are
0: the uh, females <laughs> yeah, well that's why we like
2: go fuck yourself <laughs> well, yeah
0: what's, we've always really talked about like it must be so crazy in the gay community because there's that not yeah, that female I said female the same thing influence. to my wife
2: I said the same thing to her I said thank god that you guys are slowing us down, but, and God knows yeah. what 's happening in that community because there 's no breaks
0: yeah, believe me there 's no way it would be the same if men and women were the same, like as far as like our, our veracity, <laughs> it would be just like gay people, and it 's not you know the the men have to tone down for the women. It's, yeah. uh, it doesn't exist in the gay community, they have a totally different bizarre operating dynamic
3: <laughs> yeah yeah
2: well I'm sure that, that everybody acclimates to it and you know, I guess like they have insane. less suppression
0: though that way it, you know certainly they know each other they understand each other better
2: yeah I, and I think that that also that relationship whenever you have gay friends and you see how their relationships are, you know to the extent that you that you see that if you're if you're a heterosexual and you i mean obviously you're not Uh seeing the whole story they're not seeing your whole story in your bedroom either but I think that those types of relationships uh, each person has their own specific one and it affects each other Uh you see that like you know uh, my friends that are gay tend to have like relationships where they trust each other a lot and and they're a little looser it's not a lot of jealousy and stuff maybe I just have weird friends I don't know Mm -hmm but uh but it's interesting, you know they, they you rub off on each other
0: yeah it's uh, it's interesting that they it's like a just, it's just a different dynamic you know, and for whatever reason, the real issue lies in the fact that it's not legal everywhere that they don't share the same rights as people everywhere. And that to me is really bizarre because if two people want to pretend to be the husband, why what do you give a fuck as long as they're together? You know, if one guy wants to pretend he's a woman, what do you care? Why do you care? They're just two people that well, want so to get you, married. Yeah. The idea that you ha- you would have to be, have a certain sexual proclivity in order to engage in this marital contract, it's just so bizarre. And if you allow any sort of bizarre any sort of discrimination that doesn't make any sense objectively, if you allow any of that in our world, then it's going to come at you too, man. And if you don't take a stand for gay people that want to get married and for whatever reason they're being persecuted by numbskulls and overly religious crazy people, if you don't take a stand for them, then who's going to take a stand for you when it comes in your direction? Who's going to take a stand for humanity? Because it's just a person who happens to like men. Why do you let them marry each other, you fuck? What do you care?
2: Yeah, I agree. doesn't make any sense. I think, you know, there are a lot of, like, cultural mores or whatever, right? However you pronounce that word. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, sort of stuff that people just think is obvious, you know? And it's just accepted. But times change, you yeah. know? People, yeah. our relationships, how human beings interact with each other, you know? Even just, like, you think about people interacting over the computer, stuff yeah. like that. All that stuff changes. And so all
0: Massively. of the
2: cultural stuff has to change, too. And, you know, sometimes I'm I'm glad that... We do have a full spectrum of some people are just willing to embrace anything new, right? Mm -hmm. Especially with technology. You have all kinds of new shit getting thrown at us like all the time. Other people dig in their heels and they say, let's take it slow. You know, let's not go nuts here. And I think that's a good thing because we have so much change coming at us so fast that we need some people that are willing to embrace it and experiment with it. Other people that are, and I'm not, I'm off of the gay thing now, by the way, I'm on technology. Thank God, um, <laughs> dude. I was going to
0: talk to you about this.
2: <laughs> I'm onto like, I'm onto like people who are saying, you know, um, you know, like that, th- that, that we shouldn't experiment with like stem cells and mm-hmm. that we shouldn't, you know, all of this like scientific, uh, discovery that's out there and people are saying, no, 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 we shouldn't study it. We should mm-hmm. slow down. Um, you know, it's it is nice to 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 have some people that want to slow things down.
0: Well, it's it's bizarre when religion actually tries to interfere with science in in, yeah. in, in ways that don't make any sense. Like one of my favorite ones was the Pope talking to Stephen Hawking <laughs> and he told him that it was okay to explore the nature of uh the universe, but it wasn't okay to explore the origins of the Big Bang because that would be like questioning God himself. Yeah. Like, isn't that hilarious?
3: Yeah, you know,
2: religions, to me...
0: Like, he was, like, telling them what... I mean, this was, like, our lifetime. In our, I mean, Hawking's still alive, so this was in our lifetime. The Pope was telling this guy...
2: He's still studying the Big Bang.
0: <laughs> just It's so silly that that could ever get to a point where it could happen, where this nutty cult member actually could get into a position. in In this day and age, that could... I mean, it didn't have an influence other than to make a humorous anecdote, but... <laughs> It's still, what if he listens? to
2: reinforce his notions, really, I mean. And
0: who knows what his own uh, psychological proclivity might be. There are some people that are subject to the influence of people that you wouldn't be or I wouldn't be. And, uh, you know, in certain cases, like someone who's in a a big position of power, like a pope.
2: Well, you know, for thousands and thousands of years, religion is the bedrock. It's what keeps people united. It's what keeps them alive. I mean, to have a shared culture, you know, I'm... um, like, I have Native American in my background, right? And I'm always really... Growing up, I was always interested reading the history and thinking about, you know, why did Native Americans get basically wiped out? And also Aborigines and things. And you think about the fact that, like, in Australia, all the different tribes in Australia, they all spoke different languages, and they were all, like... They all had a certain amount of land, and they were kind of in stasis. I mean, they, they fought with each other, but... But everything always kind of ended up the same. There was no one group that conquered all of Australia. And then you think about Europe and other more bellicose places, China, you know, you've got here, you've got places where they enforce one culture on massive groups of people, right, through religion, and they're incredibly effective. They, they travel all over the world and white people out. They work together. They build cities. There's great utility in having people like my you know think alike hmm. like this. But then you know there's also a drawback, and the, the drawback can be that it's it's resistant to change and it doesn't uh you know adapt for new new circumstances so it's
0: almost like you could look at religion as an operating system on a cell phone like the you know it it allows you to get things done but if you don't update it and continually update it with the latest versions
2: well science naturally updates itself you can always go back and prove something wrong prove it for yourself fix it update it with new information I mean that's the strength of science but that's scary mm-hmm. because you there is no bedrock right. you know how much you don't know and you really have to trust yourself a lot I think to to, to really trust science because you are acknowledging that you don't Know everything You're allowing
0: a thought Into your mind That a lot of people Do not find comforting it's And that really is scary. That no one is watching This thing No one's paying attention To this Then we essentially Live in a soup of madness <laughs> You know And that is That is the world That we actually exist in And we we want to pretend That we're in this Strange Sandra Bullock movie Where everything's Going to be okay And everything's Going to be normal And one of the best ways To do that Is to think That there's a guy That lived a long time ago That came back from the dead And, and he absolved you Of all your bullshit You just got to Take him into your heart and you're good no matter how bad you've been in the past well it's and they not go about, with that.
2: it's not about you believing it it's about lots of people believing it so you draw strength on, uh-huh. on other people yes and good point i think it's a natural human thing to do i don't think, I think there's it's anything an operating wrong system
0: i think it's like a scaffolding for morals it,
2: i think of it as a policy like it's it's a it's a set of behaviors you know for certain situations will behave this way mm-hmm. yeah and and uh, yeah, and it glues people together. And sort of
0: like when a guy wears a suit and a tie, he's going to be a gentleman. The gentleman, <laughs> would the gentleman care for a drink? You know, I mean, a guy doesn't say that if, you know, you're wearing like Muay Thai shorts and flip-flops <laughs> and you're sweating, you, you know, they at. don't want to have anything to do with you. They wouldn't say, would well, the gentleman like a cocktail? They'd be like, sir, you can't come in here naked with flip-flops on. You know, we want you to look in a very specific uniform way. And that is, uh, that's how I know I can predict your behavior. You're going to behave like a gentleman.
2: Well, that believe it or not, I can make anything tie back to, to robotics. But I believe you could. <laughs> that, uh, <laughs> that actually ties back in. When you build a robot, right, what you choose to make it look like is a promise. It's a guarantee to the person that's going to interact with it. So mm. if you build a robot that looks just exactly like a human being, then anybody that walks up to that robot is going to damn well expect that that robot is going to be as smart as a human being. If you say, what's up, buddy, it's going to say, hey, there, pal. And if it doesn't, people get mad, you know? Which yeah. is why I don't think we're going to see super realistic, like, you know, androids anytime soon. Because we don't have the the, the full package, you know? We we may be able to make it look really realistic, mm-hmm. but we can't make it behave in a really realistic way. Why is that? I mean, just because that's the hard part. Right? But is
0: that, I mean, it's, it's a temporary hurdle, isn't it? I mean, with the way science continually grows in this exponential manner. It seems yeah. that if they could figure out, they could sort of figure out how to mimic various aspects of, of uh, the actual human.
2: Yeah, I mean, we're making progress. But Do you think
0: they'll actually engineer in egos and things like that? Yeah, yeah. I mean, Self-respect?
2: Or they'll copy it. You know, they'll, make it, they'll mimic it to the extent that you can't tell the difference.
0: What, if, they, what if robots start, like, revenge- beatings waiting for people behind cars <laughs> if people talked shit at them in the meeting doorknobs. yeah beat the fuck out of them
2: i think that'd be a malfunction yeah
0: yeah it would, would be qualify. but you would have to is there a way you could ever like in the alien series like we've been engineered to never harm a human being
2: i love those aliens bro i love bishop oh, <laughs> he amazing. gets ripped in half yeah no mean, fucked me. up the, the first
0: guy was good too man the first guy was good too. Spoiler alert! Spoiler alert! In Prometheus, there's another one. Yeah.
1: yeah. Oh yeah. The,
2: uh, what's the his name? The most
0: substantial. That awesome actor. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That dude. I don't remember his name. David is awesome. what they named him too, which yeah. is
2: which is uh, weird.
0: All right, I'll tell you who he is. Can we give the guy. <laughs> we give the guy his props. Credit. Yeah. Yeah, but he's amazing in it. It's yeah. um, fuck's the dude's name? IMDb, son. Where that IMDb. <laughs> That movie he got a 7.3 rating. That's pretty fucking good. That is. All right, homeboy. What's his name?
2: So they announced we got Anne Hathaway is going to be in Robo Apocalypse.
0: Anne Hathaway. Was official.
2: Too. Oh, cool. That became official yesterday. Wow. I yeah, I don't even know what part she's going to play, but I'm I'm kind of excited. She's sort of a badass. Is she really? Well, I mean, as Catwoman and stuff, like she pulled it off. Any, any of that superhero stuff—if you can dress up in a gimmicky costume and make it and pull it off and make it seem real, then you've got my respect.
0: Right. I Can't find this dude. I, can, I should know his name. God, God damn it! Really... Is it Rafe Spall? No. No, that's not it. Motherfucker. <coughs> <laughs> All right. I give up. I give well, up.
2: Props to him whoever he is. Yeah,
0: whoever he is, he's a bad motherfucker. What I don't seem they don't seem to have his photo here in the cast. He was the robot guy. It's not Guy Pierce. I don't know. No. So. Um I give up. Sorry it if people are screaming his name right now. Yeah, I'm sure someone on Twitter <laughs> will tell me who the guy's name is, but yeah, he he played an amazing robot. He did the the best job in my opinion in, in any robot movie of walking that creepy line where you think he almost feels slighted but doesn't because he really doesn't have any programmed emotions, but he's recognizing that you're trying to slight him. Yeah. You know, it's very fascinating. It's a it's worth seeing really uh, for some of uh, his scenes alone. Especially, I don't I can't tell you. It's well, for, too, too you much know, of a For spoiler. like a
2: really realistic humanoid, or android, I mean, like there's a momentum behind the emotions, right? So even if it doesn't feel pissed off, uh-huh. if it looks and in all other ways behaves completely consistently with how a human would behave, then you're going to be sitting there waiting on him to be pissed off and even if his face is totally blank, you're probably going to project on it and be like, yes. is he a little pissed off? Yeah, Because everything else is consistent, mm-hmm. Like, but okay, so he's designed not to be pissed off. That's somehow it's hard to believe whenever you have a full working model yeah. of how people behave and it's been trained on people.
0: Well, also the guy's name is Michael Fassbender.
2: Michael Fassbender. Yeah.
0: Spoiler alert. Also, mm-hmm. in he actually acts in almost a vindictive manner to one of the guys who had been fucking with him in this uh, <laughs> in this movie. It was kind of interesting. I gotta see this. how thing. they uh, they had had it set up. It, it, you know, it wasn't like I said, it wasn't a terrible movie. It just wasn't what I was hoping it was going. Michael Fassbender. That's what it is. He played David. He was the second one. There it is. He's just his hair is a different color in this photo. I got confused, but yeah, he's an amazing actor, man. That guy's. It's uh, that's a that's a skill that it's going to be difficult when they start doing CGI movies, like completely CGI, mm-hmm. like really replicating an actual human's emotions and the way a human like that guy can act. That's going to be yeah. really difficult to do.
2: It's it's all the little things that the actors learn. Yeah. It's it's. I was watching um. I watch Snow White. I've been watching all the Chris Hemsworth movies because he's also supposed to be in Robo Apocalypse.
0: Who's it's, Chris Hemsworth? He's
2: Thor, mighty mighty Thor. Oh, cool! And he's in Red Dawn and mm-hmm. he's the, the remake, and he's in Snow White and the Huntsman. He's yes. the Huntsman. So I was watching that, and and I, I can't remember the name of the actress who's she's the one from Twilight, Kristen uh, Stewart. Yeah, yeah. And she does this. She's you know really pretty, and she does this thing where you start to notice like that. It's like almost her trademark like she breathes really hard and then her collarbones sort of stick out you know and it's like that's like an acting thing like or when you notice their little nostrils are flipping around you're like that's why they get paid the big bucks you know? <laughs> <laughs> that's <laughs> so those hilarious. nostrils are like doing sea world shit and flipping out of the water and yeah
0: that's funny yeah they uh they have very spe- some people like they're the same guy in it like Christopher Walken he's the same guy in like almost every <laughs> movie ever yeah right he,
2: I read an interview with him he said that they started like Now he has a clause in his contract that says they can't rewrite it to make it weirder when they hire him because he's tired of all the roles shaping to fit him instead of (laughs) him having to act. Oh, that's (laughs) funny.
0: Like, so as he gets it, they look, we're going to have Christopher Walken and he's going to be on acid (laughs) 24-7. And he he only wears, like, uh, flippers and uh, golf shoes and shit like that around the house. And he was
2: just supposed to be someone's, like, dad or something, yeah.
0: Yeah, I wonder if, yeah, like the variety of roles that he gets offered. Everyone's crazy. Everyone, Every role that he does yeah. has got to be a crazy guy.
2: And once you get typecast, I guess.
0: Al Pacino, like he's got to scream. There's got to be at least one <laughs> ranting, screaming scene in every movie. I think after a while, these dudes, dudes probably like, they probably get like, especially after they they get paid a few times, like they really like sell out hard yeah. and make some fat cash on a terrible movie, <laughs> and they're like, wow, that was pretty easy. It's Maybe one I of should... those
2: good problems, you know. <laughs> oh, I keep yeah. getting hired and getting paid a lot of money to be myself. And...
0: But like Robert De Niro did a bunch of stinky ass movies, man. He did that one movie where he was like a, a gremlin or a warlock or something like that. Wasn't there a movie where, like, it was like one of those well, Hobbit-type right? rip-offs? Oh. <laughs> really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like, oh, God, I
2: can't remember the movie. Well, you know, I saw... Uh, but nobody saw it. In Snow White, there were all these dwarves, right? And I thought that they were little I shouldn't people. shouldn't say nobody. And, uh, and instead, they were they were CGI. real actors. Yeah. yeah, but they CGI. I couldn't figure out yeah. how it was happening. Like, Yeah, because they were famous
0: actors. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that was a that was a big point of contention with the uh, the little people community because oh, really? they were like what the fuck man like these are the only gigs that we could take and instead you think it's cute to show off with uh you know like there's yeah. plenty of little people actors that would have right. loved those roles so it's kind of a that was a little touch and go situation mm-hmm. like what is it uh hot Bod, bud hot what's his name hotskins what is the guy's mm-hmm. name
2: uh what roles does he play
0: he was one yeah. of the, the little people very oh, famous okay. Fuck! God damn it! Now I'm gonna make me IMDb See, this motherfucker <laughs> too. I might be MD more today than I ever have in my life. But uh, then there was a, the other movie. You can where, tell
2: IMDb was one of the first websites because it's got because they would never name it that right. It would be like they would give it a, a movie more, poo or yeah. something. Like that. <laughs> movie, time, movie time, something like that. Yeah. yeah.
0: Why am I'm IMDb? Internet Movie Database. I guess it's easy to remember. Plus, it's
2: four characters, man. You can't get a website that's four characters.
0: <laughs> Boz Hoskins. Mm. That's homeboy's name. He's been in the gang of movies. Well, like, is he Willow? Bob Hoskins. Is Bob he? Hoskins was in, um, wasn't he in Roger Rabbit? Wasn't he in that, too? There's yeah, the he was. There's guy who was in
2: Willow and Star Wars and, like, Dude, this everything. guy's been in fucking everything.
0: This guy's been in a lot of shit. He's been in a lot of shit. But uh, he's in that movie too.
2: See, I feel the same way about in Robopocalypse Apocalypse. It's all Native Americans. Mm-hmm. Like, so I have this feeling that if the federal government were to fall apart, there are all these sovereign tribal governments that are around that have jails and cops and hospitals and right. everything that you need. Right? Only it's smaller. Right. And and uh, in, in the book, like everybody ends up there. And so in the movie, I don't. I don't know. I haven't read the script. I don't know anything about it. But. I'm like wondering, are they going to hire native actors, you know? You would hope so, right? Indians. Yeah. Uh, because it's like an it's a F- Osage army, basically. Yeah. And they like would just strong. have
0: to maybe look a little bit more carefully, but I'm sure there's plenty of qualified people. Acting is one of those things mm-hmm. too, man. There's a lot of people that you don't know that can do it. Yeah. It's it's one of those things where there's so many people out there that have done theater and, and they they can fucking act. They know how to act.
2: Spielberg's good at like getting people that aren't big names yeah. and scouting and making them yeah. big names. But at least while they're with him. Well, you
0: know, I think when you've been in the movie business that long, you trust like casting agents too, and like a casting agent can tell you, hey, there's this kid. He's been, you know, he's yeah. amazing. You got to check him out. Nobody knows who he is, basically he's really got something special, and he's perfect for this one particular role that he might have. You know, but he's he's good at it. But some people just—it's it's kind of funny that we have this thing with movies where we accept that we're seeing the same guy over and over and over again in <laughs> a bunch Trew's, of different lives. He's
2: some ass yeah. And, yeah,
0: I mean, in one movie he's the last American samurai, or whatever the fuck he is. In another movie he's a vampire. And now
2: he's gonna be. Jack, uh, Tri- the the guy from the, who is it, Clive Cussler or something? Oh, man.
0: From what movie? We're terrible, dude. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're fucking up today. Uh,
2: anyway, yeah, he's... Uh,
0: <clears throat> I need some bulletproof coffee. He's mm. playing
2: a guy who is actually like six foot four linebacker. Billy. Oh, he's
0: playing... Is he... Pl- no, the, I was just thinking of um, Matthew... No, uh, Matt Damon. Didn't Matt Damon play a rugby player, a famous rugby player? Didn't he? Not no? no. He I think off. he did. It seems like he could pull that off. Yeah. yeah. Is he... Is he yeah. Literally? Fairly. Seems like a no, I mean, he played the Born Identity yeah, movies. He He's like great. Yeah, I bought that. I Although thinking. I bought the new guy more. I bought the new guy. I believe the new guy was more like natural as a killer. Who's the new? Jeremy Renner. Is that his name? Renner. Yeah. Okay. We, yeah. We, hey, we knew somebody's name today. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> oh, that guy's a wrong. badass. <laughs> I, what I found was amazing about that movie, though, was that one of the things about that movie is that this guy can endure like incredible cold and pain. He could do all these amazing things physically. And yet, he also had incredible discipline and he never chased pussy. it's like they made him the most unrealistic superhero ever because like I was thinking about they were going over James Bond today and they were talking about uh, on the Ron and Fez show they were talking about all the different names for the James Bond women and which one was the hottest and which girl which James Bond girl they had a
2: a weakness because they portray that as his great strength yes he's seducing women he's doing this to them oh yeah they're powerless mm-hmm. instead of he's getting you know. well by he's,
0: like- he's just not real he's not even trying to get laid he's like he has no no needs whatsoever sexually yeah. but yet he flips through the air and lands on top of the roofs and beats the shit everybody and carries this woman the whole way but she just wants like that is like the ideal man all she wants women is want a vampire that won't suck your blood and can go out in the daytime <laughs> he just sparkles they want I mean they want this super badass who doesn't want any pussy at all he's just your guard dog that he takes care of you every everywhere he doesn't even try to fuck you like this woman is unbelievably beautiful and he's saving her through the entire movie and they never even so much this as is make bond? out no no it's not bond. oh
2: okay it's jeremy say. renner okay, one of the new born the, identities right because okay
0: but i'm saying at the same time if you go back and look like they had a bond movie called octopussy yeah I mean, that is the most unsubtle play on words ever.
2: I remember my grandfather had that VHS tape, and I was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> like, I, I like grabbed that one and popped it in as soon as Bond he was out
0: is, the door. Oh, he's getting hot freaks. That was part of being Bond. He got yeah. laid like crazy, and it was a good thing back then. But not anymore. a Superhero can't do that anymore. Did the
2: new, is the new Bond a falander?
0: I don't know. Is yeah, he, does he, he go? Does he go and get some ass in this new movie? He
2: must. I mean, it's his trademark. He's gonna have a martini. He's gonna go go fire chase a some ass. Neat gun.
0: Yeah, he's gonna win always in the end. He'll be fine, you know. He might have a little cast on his hand or some shit like that, but in the end, he'll like meet the queen or something. So
2: I heard Heineken <laughs> paid a bunch of money so that he only drinks Heineken beers during the uh, oh, that's during the movie. Uh, it's unsubstantiated, but it, well, it,
0: have you seen the video, the the commercial rather? Yeah, the, the that's a pretty well done commercial for a beer commercial. And Heineken
2: was going that way already because they had all those commercials with dudes flipping through the air and he's just kind of a Bond esque kind of badass.
0: Yeah. So I guess that's okay. It's not like Heineken sucks. If they could pay him to only drink Heineken, what's wrong with that? I like Heineken.
2: Yeah, the, it's the principle of it. <laughs> what is the principle? The principle is, <laughs> the principle
0: that, is that it's can... product placement in a Bond movie, which is semi-sacrilegious. Is that it?
2: Is it? I mean, I don't know. Is kind it, of. Does it matter a what bit. movie it is? I yeah, it, it kind of
0: does. There's certain things like Bond that are like sacred. You know, I mean, Bonds. So you got to go Sean I mean, you Connery, do that Roger shit, Moore. Go
2: Mission Impossible if you yeah. want to. If you want to only drink, like, if you want to whore out your main character. They, but they already whored
0: out Bond during the Pierce Brosnan era
2: with with cars. Right. That was like,
0: wait a minute, but he wasn't Bond. The Daniel Craig is Bond Okay, <laughs> uh, Daniel Craig looks like a real English bad motherfucker that could snap your neck that's the Pierce Morgan was, like, or, what's his name not Pierce Brosnan. Morgan Pierce Brosnan. <laughs> Pierce Brosnan Pierce Brosnan he's more, he seemed like a very nice guy and I bet he's a hell of a good actor he seemed
2: like an English gentleman yeah
0: he did I did not uh, buy him kicking people's asses I uh, buy this Daniel Craig guy fucking people up and killing people I totally more, buy it
2: he's more compact and like
0: Daniel Craig yeah Craig he's built like a pit bull yeah, yeah, yeah he's yeah. like thick like like that guy looks like an athlete. Yeah. Like when you see him with his shirt off and he's got a gun in his hand, you believe that's <laughs> a guy who kills people for a living. Yeah. You know, that's a, that's a real special agent. Whereas with Pierce Brosnan, like, bitch, I'm going to take your gun. You, you, can't, you can't hold on to that gun. <laughs> I'm gonna, Give I'm me gonna that thing. i your hair.
2: <laughs> yeah, someone's
0: going to hold you down pee on you. You're, you're just, I just don't buy it. Roger Moore, at least we got the tongue-in-cheek and it was a different era. Pierce Brosnan was in this weird sort of like 90s yeah. drama transition to into an action movie. Yeah. You know, I
2: got a theory about this too. I got a lot of theories, by the way. (laughs) So my theory on this, like, there's 80s and 90s, late 80s, early 90s, there's all these movies where the action scenes consist of people holding submachine guns and going, "Ah!" like spraying bullets (laughs) at each other, right? Or they'll be like way up on the catwalk and they'll have a shotgun and they're like, boom, boom, shooting somebody like way the fuck across the, the warehouse. And my theory is that you can't get away with that shit anymore because every kid plays Call of Duty. Uh, they know that a shotgun is ineffective at long range. I mean, yeah. you just this is like in the DNA of every 14-year-old boy. You just know that you can't yeah. shoot somebody with a shotgun from across a football field. It's not gonna, You may right. have never touched a shotgun. And so like the whole spraying the the submachine gun thing that stuff's just gone now. You got to yeah. be way more brutal and like accurate and realistic about it. Well, that's
0: why martial arts movies don't look like those early, you know, like Jean-Claude Van Damme and those early, like martial arts (laughs) movies, it's it's harder to buy this guy, you know, flipping you over his head and grabbing you by the wrist when you see like an MMA fight. Yeah, when you
2: realize what really happens. Yeah. I was watching Demolition Man and like, Wesley Snipes is like fucking doing like roundhouse kicks, like four, five, six times. The guy's still standing there. He was really connecting with a real roundhouse (laughs) kick. Like, when does that even ever happen? Right. But, you know, it's just like. It's like watching Home Alone or something. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, that brick would have caved in his skull and you would have immediately thrown up all over the floor. <laughs> you know, The police would have come.
0: There was a, bu- a bunch of movies, those martial arts movies, that were completely ridiculous. Yeah. Where... Dudes would just get stand in a circle, and the guys would just charge at him oh. to the left, and he would t- kick him. Um. And then the guy would charge from the right, he would kick him. And nobody ever, <laughs> nobody ever rushed them all at one time. Norris,
2: man, Norris, this is his, <laughs> this is his bread and butter right here. Chuck Norris uh, in some of the Walker. greatest
0: movies ever.
2: Walker, Texas oh, Ranger. This is a beautiful show. The whole show. episode is just every like, episode. Keep going. <laughs> kick him a couple more times in the stomach.
0: <laughs> Dude, there was an episode where he uh, a bomb went off, and he lost his sight and he went (laughs) and he meditated and he got his sight back at the end and saved somebody. He had to get his sight back to save somebody. I was like, oh my God.
2: I was like, he gets a little spiritual about it. Fuck
0: yeah, he does. Chuck Norris is is very high on Jesus. I met Chuck Norris. It was one of the proudest moments of my life that Chuck Norris knew who I was and he gave me a hug. I was like, holy shit, because Chuck Norris watches the UFC. Yeah. You know, so I was like, God damn it, why don't I have a camera? The, the photo with Chuck Norris in the martial arts community, that's akin to like a <laughs> photo with Elvis if you're a singer. Blow it up. Yeah. Have you got a photo with Chuck Norris?
2: Son. You, you know, you want to just hit those kettlebells and just stare at the photo, you know? Chuck Norris and me together. Size.
0: Yeah. <laughs> just it'll motivate me to train hard.
3: Kiss me. <laughs>
0: Chuck Norris had a bunch of unbelievably preposterous movies. <laughs> beat, I mean, Chuck Norris was a bad motherfucker, but some of those movies were hilarious. Well,
2: you know, I love Roadhouse, right? is, is one of the great The classic. And, that and is and the classic. I had some friends in Portland who created a Roadhouse musical. And this is one of the best things I've ever seen. It's like... A Roadhouse musical? acting out Roadhouse. Oh then occasionally God. there's like songs and there's a narrator that's like... <sighs> na-
0: <laughs> oh my God. And I, I
2: was like, did you guys get permission? And they're like, uh you
0: know. They just so did weird. it? They just did it, you know? Are and they like, doing it for it, profit or, or is it just for fun?
2: Yeah, well, you know, it was for profit, but... <laughs> They sold out. I mean, these are real actors.
0: Well, I don't think anybody would find it as anything other than uh, you should. Ideally, people would look at it and say that's a tribute, yeah, you know. Right. And and it's it's what keeps people buying the DVDs and keeps exactly. investing in the movie. That was a great bad movie. It's a great bad movie. Dude,
2: it's got everything. <laughs> yeah, it's it, it, it's an amazing movie. It's like movie, a man. perfect storm. You know, like at a, a certain every sort of genre you have like. Movies that perfect different elements of the genre, and then mm-hmm. you t- and then you'll have one perfect, st- one or two perfect storm movies that yeah. get everything, and then you know, and then it dissipates. The times change.
0: Code of Silence was a one like super legit movie that Chuck Norris did. That I was trying to remember it. It was a, a movie like, almost like a Charles Bronson type movie where he played a cop. It's just so two hours
2: of him meditating. These motherfuckers only
0: gave it a 5.6 in the ratings. How dare you, IMDB? I disagree. I think you got to, you know, look at it in the time that it was made. But in the time that it was made, it was like Chuck Norris. His, it was like it had very little martial arts in it for a Chuck Norris movie. It was more of, a, you know, just a, a good action drama movie. I mean, I think he threw like one sidekick in the really? whole movie. Yeah, it was more contractually like, obligated to. Yeah, probably. they probably. Yeah, you can't have a Chuck Norris <laughs> movie who doesn't kick at least how one does, dude.
2: How does Chuck Norris look now? Looks great. He's healthy. He's a martial is, artist. Is have you ever he? seen him in
0: those commercials where he does those uh, those uh, What is that thing? It's a pulley system. Mm-hmm. That they do those so exercises. He's legit, then he's legitimately because oh, yeah,
2: yeah. sh- you know a lot of the action heroes from that era mm-hmm. that are also movie stars. You know, they, there's a lot of sort of surgical stuff that starts creeping in and yeah. they start looking a little funny. Uh,
0: well, uh, Chuck Norris is, in, I think he's in his 60s. Let's, let's look here. Um, but um, I know he definitely still trains. He's, um, he was born in 1940. Whoa. <laughs> so uh, that means he's 72? Dang. Wow. God dang. Oh my God.
2: Well, he's doing all right. Healthy living. That's
0: amazing. That's amazing. Well, Take he looks places. incredible for 72. That's yeah. incredible. Am I retarded? No, I'm not. That's exactly what he is. Wow. Um, he's still very fit, though. If you see him in these, whatever these things are, it's him and Christy Brinkley. <laughs> I don't remember what they're called. These cable, it's essentially a low-impact cable pulley system workout. And he, uh, he promotes those things. And he's a, he's a black belt in jujitsu, And mm-hmm. I'm sure he still probably does some form of martial arts still, too. But he looks great for 72 he's incredible yeah you know yeah but yeah a lot of those dudes they you know fucking your body doesn't last son. Mm-hmm. shit's gonna go and that's where robotics comes in. Oh, hey
2: that's why i'm saving mine i'm i'm not working out because you only get so many good uh, good thinking movements good, you know so, so i'm saving them all up imagine
0: more. if it worked that way if you were born a fucking superhero and every day of your life you like used your your physical points yeah and the more physical activity you did, the the lower your life got. The brighter the yeah. candle burns, the faster yeah, so like, like your life would be like almost like a video game, you know? you'd like... have a, a, everybody would have the equal number to start with
2: well didn't they they made that movie where you have a certain amount of time to live, right? Did you know they're remaking Logan's run? Are they really? speaking of everybody, I sat uh, at the science fiction convention, I sat next to this guy, and he's sitting next to me, and he's bitching you know about like there's not any people here, and I was like he's he was older, and I was like what- well, so what you know?" What's your deal? Why are you bitching so hard? You know we, and he's like, basically it comes out. He's like, I wrote Logan's Run. You know? Oh wow! And I'm like, you are so lucky that you had a movie made out mm-hmm. of your book in the seventies, or and I think they bought the rights in the sixties. That people still remember, right? Mm. I mean, how easy it's for incredible. that to just go? You know, just be gone.
0: And he was just bitter. Just wasn't a happy no, guy. No, he
2: seemed. He he actually seemed cool. He was sort of like. A he was at peace with the fact that in this world you can show up and a hundred people will be in line to get a book signed right. or you can show up and it'll just be like, whoosh, like nobody, you know, or like that one guy that wants to like talk about every aspect of star Trek. And then he sort of wanders off without buying a book and you're
0: like, Oh, oh that's gotta be brutal I for just those guys. 20
2: minutes and you, buddy.
0: <laughs> that's hilarious. That's hilarious. Yeah, that's got to be annoying for those guys because they're really trying to be friendly to people, but they're also trying to sell some shit and get some things Well, I mean, signed. at the end of
2: the day, yeah, I mean, you're trying to
0: sell a book. It's got to be weird when you... I, I know the, the, the book Logan's Run. I remember it, but I don't remember anything about it. I don't remember the so, movie. I don't remember the book. The movie was about
2: all these people that basically... It's like 70s, everybody's in unitards, and mm-hmm. you die whenever you're 30. Like, and if you don't agree to die, they hunt you down and kill you. You have like the little gem in your hand. It starts flashing so logan d- d- doesn't want to die basically i mean i haven't seen the movie in forever and ever but he makes a run for it i mean
0: so it's is it how much different is it from that justin timberlake movie yeah right that's
2: that's what got me thinking about it where yeah. you have a certain number of minutes life to points live. yeah yeah not very it's not very different <laughs> um, that theme know. has been explored yeah. well
0: people are always concerned about the idea that one day, due to the fact that we can keep everybody alive, and yeah. the fact that pe- populations are exploding, we're continuing to figure out new diseases and how to, you know, cure people when they're sick, and people are staying alive longer. Like, at what point in time do we does it become an issue? Yeah. and do they ever need to control it? How do you even go about doing that? And so all these like scenarios, like the Justin Timberlake movie or Logan's Run, pop up where the evil government forces you into a contamination process, or
3: yeah,
0: I don't know. Yeah,
2: I mean, again, I think at its heart it's about, like, being afraid that technology is going to change human nature. Like, Mm -hmm. there are certain things that are innate about being human. Like, we're born and we die, right? I mean, come on. Every single human being has lived and they're all going to die or they did die already. And if you change that, then, I mean, that's scary stuff, right? You're going into a completely unknown territory.
0: And ultimately, that's what everybody is is shooting for. With the, the height of technology, the height of technology is to ascend past the physical, the physical body, to to get yourself into a position where you truly become immortal, because you become part of some computer program. See,
2: man, I don't see. I don't. I'm not down with this. Ray Kurzweil. Right. He doesn't want to die. Okay, right. he doesn't that believe that he should have to die. Yeah, no, this is what he says. Right. I mean, I understand. He doesn't want to die, and he says, you know, one way to avoid it is to have a machine that's gonna uh, basically, take a snapshot of every neuron in your brain, which they're all just little switches, right? And it's going to figure out exactly what's, gonna go, what's going on in your brain, and then it's going to continue to simulate that. But, like, part of me is just saying, yo, when you die, even if you simulate yourself perfectly, you're freaking dead. You're, you're a pile you're of dead. Meat.
0: And you know? there's the other possibility that, you know, <coughs> e- when you're dead and this other life, goes on like it's it's going to be completely disconnected from reality and who knows how it's going to progress just because it's a a copy of the operating system and all the information and all the traits that your brain how the fuck do you know what that thing is once it's on its own
2: where they they put the criminal guy's mind into a machine and he's like they turn him on and he's just like this demonic face like he's totally in agony and screaming and he doesn't know What's happened to him? He's lost his embodiment as a human being. And I mean, if you lose your limb, that mentally screws you up because your brain has a map of of who you are, right? right? And then if you took your whole brain and stuck it into something that wasn't even a human body... I mean, that shit would mentally traumatize you. Traumatize you. you. It might drive you insane, you know?
0: Yeah, it's a good point.
2: And then you'd hunt down RoboCop and try to give drugs to children.
0: Well, we, we don't know what the impact of it would be psychologically to all of a sudden be trapped in this immortal machine. You know and what if there was it became like their ethical considerations to whether or not you should be able to shut yourself <laughs> off because we can't commit suicide but can can a person who's downloaded their consciousness into an eternal machine can they figure out are, are Can they, they do it? or could could you get some crazy guy like George um, uh, George Foreman who named all his kids George what if you like cloned yourself a billion times you're just like one nutty dude who just decided to make a million of you and set yourself loose on so Cleveland there's
2: a lot of science fiction that covers this is all post-singularity stuff and there's a lot of sci-fi that covers this because you you lose grasp on on basic human things like what does it mean to die if there's a thousand other copies of you what does it mean to have a daughter well if what you does have it, a thousand copies what of does her? it
0: mean to be you how did you become you are you a collection of genes are you are you a, a reaction to your environment like what do yeah. you there's certain people that you meet them and you go wow, you're fucking cool. Like where did you come from? <laughs> yeah. You know, I love talking to you. This is a- and you like a million you could run into 500 people and not feel that and yeah. then run into one where you just can't stop talking to them, you know. And it's like what makes that? How do you make that? What is what is what combination well, of things? And
2: how would you hold on to that, yeah. you know, if you if you transferred
0: And that whatever that magic is to us you know that magic compelling sort of uh, charm is to us that's completely lost in the worlds of cold ones and zeros and machines yeah
2: my whole outlook on science and and what it's there for is it's not a battle to defeat human nature Mm. or to escape from our our meat you know or our bodies or our fates like i think it's there to amplify what we've already got you know like I think there's a well, lot. We certainly of can value. use it that way. Yeah. I mean, we're very lot. We're intellectual creatures, right? I mean, we can live our lives in our heads, and we can try to ignore our bodies or think of our bodies as impediments. But you know, and I, I don't work out. I don't push my body to you know. I don't compete physically with people. But like, I acknowledge that like, I eat. I shit. Like, I have sex. I have Tell made, us more. What, I've made it? babies. These are Dude, all, you're crazy. These are all things that human beings do, right? Right. And like, to try to run away from that, I think, is, is, is crazy because you've got to admit, you've got to acknowledge you're embodied as a human being. And if you give into that, then you, in some sense, are sort of fulfilling what you're there for. You know, it feels okay. good to eat. It feels good to go to the bath. These are, because it's, it's natural, you know. Just
0: to play devil's advocate. <laughs> just to play devil's advocate. What we're talking about is the concept of you becoming some sort of an immortal thing that doesn't do all the things that a human does. Yeah. Well, what if you do do all the things that a human does? It's just that we've recreated it in an art, you know, quote unquote artificial form. Yeah. That instead of it being, you know, a, a, a carbon-based life form that occurred naturally, it's something that we engineered to occur, but it is the same goddamn thing. So you—it's not but that you wouldn't shit. In, it's not that you wouldn't eat. Yeah. It's not that you wouldn't. But you'd be doing it in a new body. See, that would be the not, ultimate form of it.
2: If you're not in a human body, right? Then, but it would be a human body. If you get transferred into like just a young human body, or I like think a, they're going to be able, able to make buildings and. Or, I
0: think they're going to be able to make human bodies. I think it's not with our idea of a robot. I think will we'll certainly be able to make something that looks exactly like a human being. Well, but I, I think know. they're also going to be able to make a human being.
2: See, you're asking me to put my money where my mouth is basically because no, you're saying... No, 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 really. no but, but really I think you are because... And it's interesting to me because I haven't thought about it this way, but you're saying, look, Wilson, if you think that because you're embodied as a human, you're obligated to experience life as a human and do all the things humans do. Well, mm-hmm. guess what all humans do? They die, right? right? So if you're saying that you really... Are, are putting your money where your mouth is, then you have to be willing to die, right? And, and acknowledge that that's a natural part of what humans do um, and a part of accepting your embodiment as a human. I don't know. I don't know if it came down to it. I might not want to go over the roller coaster.
0: <laughs> yeah, I think uh, we, we're, we don't want to leave behind the ones we love. That's one of the big things. We don't want to leave behind, the, like, that would be one of the saddest things, the, your family being remorseful that you weren't around but the idea of what you're saying is you wouldn't want to be downloaded into some machine where you didn't experience all the joys an actual person experiences. What I'm saying is, I think they're going to be able to create artificial human beings that literally you will get a whole new body to yeah. download yourself into. And you will, you will drink wine and you will enjoy it and you will like blowjobs and you will like water parks and going skiing and you will like <laughs> doing all the things that a person likes. You'll just be doing it in this completely new physical existence that they've yeah. created an artificial human being. With boobs and a vagina. Uh, if Brian, a <laughs> Brian would grow, they would, they would have like this one freak group on a forum somewhere and Brian would be a part of it you have a penis and a vagina come into my stall. Um, yeah. uh,
2: you know I still think doing that would violate a lot of uh, a lot of what it means to be a human
0: being you know? Brian would have an excuse to be fat what he would do is he would put the vagina like an inch below his belly button so he could Ooh. fold it over and fu- literally fuck himself or just fuck your belly button just be your belly button winding yeah you can throw himself on doorknobs and just... wouldn't be as good though. <laughs> but belly button wouldn't be as good <laughs> um yeah it's 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 going to be really interesting to see what what form all of this, you know, quote unquote progress and technological innovation where where it goes because no one from obviously from the Lost in space days we were just looking at that. No one saw this coming. They didn't see the internet coming. They didn't see, you know, Twitter or you know, Wi-Fi. They didn't see any of that stuff. And who knows what we're missing? Who knows what we like what one big thing that's going to change the whole ball of wax. Yeah. Like, just drones, you know? There there was no drones in those old movies. Like, the, the Star Wars, there was, like, a few things that would fly around, like, jets and shit. And, yeah, the little reconnaissance yeah. thing. But well, not, like, like what is going to be in our cities in just a few decades. Looking
2: pre- to the military is, is not a bad idea. Because yeah. the ARPANET was a DARPA project it turned into the internet. Uh-huh. Um, GPS satellites, all that stuff, that was all military tech that eventually went public.
0: It would be so um, awesome if they weren't killing like innocent people the, like, the autonomous so- <laughs>
2: vehicles is from a darpa uh project so you know if that was from the future combat initiative that has since gone away they wanted a lot of autonomous caravans because they were tired of humans getting blown up with ieds they were like wow so look into the military is not a bad idea if you want to see what's coming next for civilians
0: the um the the, the real uh Spooky thing is the Air Force um, drone aviary where they're uh, working on all these different size drones, flapping wing drones, drones yeah. that look like a bird. They literally flap their wings and move like a bird. Yeah. There was a video. Oh, um, they showed all the different ones they have now. These dragonfly ones that fit on the tip of your finger. Yeah. It's incredible. If these things were flying around, you wouldn't have no idea. You would really think that that was a bug. And yeah. meanwhile And that's. Just a couple of years away, they're going to be everywhere, filming well, everything.
2: air vehicles, when they get smaller than six inches, uh, the flight, the, like, all the flight dynamics change. And wow. so you have to start looking at insects instead of birds. Um,
0: oh, really? So that's yeah. why the design changes like that? Yeah,
2: yeah. And so that's all. I mean, they, they study the dynamics of how insects fly, and then they try to replicate it. Um,
0: yeah, you really wouldn't be able to keep up those RPMs at the higher like, mass. Like, that's why a, like a pterodactyl well, wouldn't fly like a... Like a dragonfly. Yeah,
2: like I'm not an ex- an expert on this in particular, but like from what I understand, the way a fly actually flaps its wings is it's more of a scoop because it's like dealing with such a small number of like particles of air, mm-hmm. that it's actually um, becomes almost more like a fluid um, the way that it's interacting. And yeah, you don't have to do that on a larger scale. You can you can get. Lift you know without having to do that, but
0: the agility of a fly if you really wrap your head around it yeah. like when you try to swat a fly and it darts away from you it is mind blowing how well those fuckers can move yeah with that qu- crazy setup this little round body and these giant clear wings they <laughs> have a
2: lot of high level thought going on. Yeah. They're just wired straight to their nervous system is to avoid obstacles. I mean, bees
0: are way easier to swat out of the sky than flies killer, are. Killer bees. Yeah, although well, you don't want that. Yeah. Killer bee honey. <laughs> um, when, you, when you swat uh, a bee out of the sky, though, it's really not that much of an accomplishment. If you can yeah, actually swat true. a fly out of the sky, like, whoa. Bees kind of... you got to anticipate whoa, a fly. You know? yeah. Flies are robots, that's why. Flies and hummingbirds. You know what, man? If flies were big, we'd be fucking terrified. If flies were from another planet and we found them, if we if we like tuned into another planet and we got we sent a probe like we you know a light year away or whatever, and they found giant insect forms, if they were giant flies like flies the size was, of bulls, I was oh, bulls that's pretty big. I was reading Not terrifying about, that would be
2: about this on like uh, io9 dot com. They had a deal about this because insects used to be a lot bigger. Yeah, and it's apparently they you know they breathe through. These little holes, I can't remember what they're called, but uh that's the way that they get oxygen, right? And it used to be that there was more oxygen in the atmosphere, and ah. that's why the, the bugs were all a shitload bigger.
0: Is that because, why dinosaurs are so big, too? Because it would support their weight better?
2: Uh, I don't know. I don't think so. No? No, I, uh, I'm not sure, though. But I know that the bugs, because of the way they breathe, specifically, they don't have like lungs uh, like we do you know they have just little holes and i don't know exactly how it works but apparently whenever there's a lot of high oxygen you get like a ratio that's that's better for them
0: well yeah it doesn't what i said doesn't make sense but i think there was uh there was some question i i I took it from there was some question the environment was thicker the, the atmosphere was thicker um, it was a very recent thing they were trying to figure out why they were so big like yeah. what what led you know them to grow so large. I forget what the uh the article was about i think but I think that was part of the uh part of the scenario that they 're proposing was that something about the atmosphere was much different. And that it was easier to support giant forms of life. Then the other thing was like, I guess, like the trees and the vegetation was different back then. And a lot of these animals were vegetable eaters. And then if you're going to have a giant brontosaurus, if something's going to eat it, it's got to be like a T-Rex. It's got to be a (laughs) giant fucking even bigger, crazier thing. So it's almost (laughs) like the more plants you have to eat, the bigger the things are that eat the plants. And the bigger bigger the things that eat the things. Yeah. We were talking about this uh, documentary about uh, an area of Africa that's cut off. The river changed its course just a just hundred years ago. And this uh, area has been Straight isolated. King Kong action? Well, it's sort of. It's, it's lions and water buffaloes. And the lions have grown larger because they have to only take down water buffaloes. Right. So there's like one pack uh, specifically of female lions that are big as male lions. They're enormous. And it's all because they have to take down water buffaloes. Like they've adapted to this one particular area.
2: Every animal is a solution to a problem
0: yeah but do robots that's the that's the question <laughs> do robots and if they're going to have that engineered into their system isn't aren't us the first shit they're going to get rid of man
2: <laughs> i don't think so i think that they're just you know robots are tools and if we design them well they'll, they'll do it
0: the fuckers them. are going to take over dude <laughs> do you believe that there's ever going to be a blade runner type scenario where there's going to be people that don't even know that they're robots and i hope just, yeah you hope yeah you gonna <laughs> marry one of those <laughs> bring one of those in <laughs>
2: Look, she's just going to stay with us for yeah, a while. <laughs> you just
0: you just makes out with you when no one's around. And then she cleans. Yeah, it's like what we're going to eventually uh, have to deal with the the moral aspects of uh, ordering ordering them around, having I, them as slaves, I think that, yeah, making I think them rough. sex sex tools.
2: I think that the human you know, I think that robots have the potential to be more human than we are, you know, to really? to like be more moral than we are. And to to like be great examples for our children, to raise our children. Hmm. I think that I think we're gonna become very, very, very intimate with with these machines. Until and
1: you think, I hack
0: your robot. Yeah, and, and then take, it's gonna make your robot gonna, fuck you. Yeah, and kiss your kid. Do you um I think it's, think it's ever robot. possible that robots can be funny? Um, Will they ever figure that out? Is that a mathematical jokes. Yeah, is that that is that a problem? Is that what it, that is? I like, think yeah, you could build you yeah. could build
2: a learner that would try to figure out what's funny specifically and tell jokes. I'm sure people have done that. I bet if you look for that, you find it.
0: I wonder <sighs> if, like, like a, a a robot could craft a bunch of things that were specifically funny, because. um you know, we always want to think that, uh, well, there's certain things you can't do. You can't recreate yeah. talent. You can, maybe we can. I mean, maybe it's they just can like, paint yeah, they can paint paintings. symphonies. Maybe we're create just symphonies. very rudimentary right now in our thoughts on what robotics are or what artificial intelligence is. But why would we think that we're so special that we can't be recreated? I mean, it's really kind of arrogant.
2: I know, and it's a losing battle, right? It's like yeah. every year there's a new thing that they can do, and like we're slowly shrinking down. Yeah. And you know, at the end of the day, the only thing that might be left is is that morality, that ability to be good or evil you know that, that lump of meat that has to sit behind the steering wheel to take the blame that yeah, might and, be and all then, we have to offer,
0: and we have to figure out what is that for. Even why why does that exist? What is you know what what is it showing us about uh, the human race? Where there is like there's a, a positivity and there's energy to be derived from good behavior and from healthy behavior. It's just very difficult to teach that to people. And if you negatively reinforce it and give them a lot of negative energy in their life and a lot of negative experiences, then they recreate that that sort of energy and they go after it over and over again. They get addicted to a certain pattern. And uh, yeah. that's, uh, that's the number one issue with engineering human beings, period. Forget about robots. We haven't even figured out how to get the human meat <laughs> well, machine to operate in the correct manner. That's
2: the great thing about humans, right? We, have the, we think at least that we have the free will and that yeah. we can be good or evil, you know? Yeah. If you program a robot to be good no matter what, then it's not good. It's just doing Still what it's ro- programmed yeah. to do.
0: That's interesting. So yeah. that's
2: like a lot of trust. I mean, if we ever have a machine that's capable of, of doing that, I mean, that is like... That's like creating life, because but if that's you say that, you say, go out and do good or evil, and then I'm going to see what, what you do. and you know, That's some more biblical themes right there.
0: <laughs> it really is, right? Yeah. And that really is biblical. I mean, you really are creating a life form. If, we, if you were 52 see, years sweat. old, and you had been divorced several times, and you had almost no money left, and somebody gave you a, a beautiful robot sex slave that didn't want to vote and had no personality of its own, just existed to fulfill your sexual needs... Maybe then you'd understand. But right now, you're a young man with hope in your eyes, and dreams for the future. <laughs> if you were broken by a steady stream of bad relationship choices and divorces, and you were living in a fucking shack outside of Palmdale with a car that's broken down, you wouldn't think twice about that robot fuck doll. You'd be like, "I'm <laughs> out of the dating scene for life." Do you do you think that for would make life.
2: make people happy? Or no, would they rather not. have a they'd probably
0: machine? drown her, and you know, and you know, kill themselves. In in the process I don't know I think that um, uh, It's very hard for people To be happy and one of the things that people uh, need in order to be happy, in my opinion, is that you need happy people in your life. You need to surround yourself with happy people. That alone is very difficult to find because finding a group of people that have managed to maneuver and managed to carve a path through life that's been generating the majority of what the people they're encountering with are enjoying their company. The majority of it is a positive experience. Uh, goals have been fulfilled. Uh, you know, health is in order. All those different things. Are all those variables that have to be in place in order to find a, a truly happy person, it's really difficult to accumulate a bunch of people like that and, and get together. So, occasionally, like many of us in, in our lives, have known there's certain people we have to cut off. You know, there's, mm. a, there's a certain point in time, you know, okay, this person is an energy vampire. They're never getting their own shit together. Hold on, you, know, you gotta cut me off for one second. You gotta second, pee. I gotta pee, man. <laughs> See, son, I can hope my bladder's strong, <laughs> Mike Goldberg. You hear that? Yeah, please go. I'm gonna be it's right go right through right there their door, and there's a door on the left. See, dude, I ramble so hard I make people pee their pants. <laughs> That's how I do, son. Uh, people are requesting a Brian Redband and Joe Rogan only podcast for number three hundred. Oh yeah. yeah is we that have coming a, up? Yeah, it's coming yeah, up, it's, dude. I think we only have like a couple more weeks. Yeah. It's We're coming. at like what what number is this? Like, Two eighty. Four, That's think. ridiculous, son. We should uh, see if we could coincide it somehow or another. We time them out right. We can uh, coincide it with the end of the month, which is when we started in the first place, right? Uh, Jan- Jan- we started January or er, December thirty first. Yeah, we. Yeah, it was like New Year's Eve, oh, yeah. I think. They'll yeah. they'll they'll probably know before us. Yeah. But it seems like that'll wind up around there. Yeah. You know, we should probably time it to we that. Should. Yeah, that'd be cool. And so we'll do uh, a a, a three year anniversary. We've been doing this for three years. That's crazy. Is that ridiculous? Yeah. I got a P2. Do you have any robot questions for this dude? He's probably taking a big stinker in right there. He's, he's taking a little he's snapping one off. He might be beating off all this talk about sex and robots and robot fuck dolls in the Palmdale <laughs> Desert. Let's check the toilet cam. I think uh, robot fuck dolls is probably going to be one of the first things that people invent besides maids. You're yeah. gonna look if you can make like a Terrapatrick looking maid, you're gonna fuck it. It's gonna clean your house and you're gonna fuck I it. I think it's gonna start off as a pet. At first, it's gonna be some kind of like animal, like a cat. I got a, a pee too, man. We're talking about Terrapatrick as a robot that you can fuck. <laughs> Elaborate, please.
3: <laughs> Tara.
2: Tara Patrick. Oh, I'm taking over now, huh? Uh-huh. Are You, Brian? Yeah.
1: Uh, so what do you think about the uh, Olive Garden?
2: <laughs> I think the Olive Garden's. Pretty, pretty
1: nice. <laughs> you know that there's a list of companies, including the Olive Garden and Red Lobster, where they're like cutting everyone's hours so they don't have to give them health care. Have you heard about this? It's like Red Lobster, Olive Garden, like all these legit companies, and they just because of that Obamacare, they're cutting everyone's hours. And it's pretty fucking weird watching these companies do that. You know? Yeah,
2: it's sort of weird because you see that they're the com- the corporations have rebounded, and they've got all this money, but they're still not like quite trusting that the economy is better. So they're, they're sort of sticking with all the cuts they made right? and sort of like, you know, riding that as long as they can.
1: Do you collect robots? Do you have like a collection of toys or like, you know, or
2: (laughs) people give me robots a lot because, you know, I'm the robot guy. I've been studying them and, you know, so I have a lot of them around the house, like, but I don't have to collect them myself. I do like some of the robot art, you know. Yeah. Eric Joyner, he does all these robots and donuts. <laughs> oh wow. Cool. Yeah. No, it's 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 pretty rad.
1: I remember the first robot I ever created, uh back in the day that you had an erector set. And I don't know if you remember that. It used to be like this yellow case that you would open up. And inside were like these miscellaneous motors and like metal pieces that you could put together. And one of the things that they give you instructions for is how to build a robot. And this robot was just like, uh, I think it had like eyeballs that were light bulbs (laughs) and it moved and stuff. But as a kid, it was like, I built my own robot.
2: There were like a lot of 80s robot kits that you could buy. And they were like, look, it's a robot. You're going to get a robot. And then you get it and you're like... I don't know. It's like Revenge of the Nerds, you know? They have that robot, and you're like, I don't think it can really... You sweep.
0: remember Napoleon Dynamite, where the uncle got a time machine, and he kept trying to use it? Right. <laughs>
2: yes, it's like that stuff. I have to... I, I, t- I told a friend to meet me at five, but I uh, I got to text him real quick. I'm so sorry. Oh, that's
0: oh, okay, well, We, actually almost, yeah, we actually almost... We actually have five done. minutes. Oh, okay. Well, Is right this then. really... Oh, we're almost done. Oh, Time Ten flies, minutes, man. Ten know. minutes? Yeah. It was a long-ass podcast, dude. It was fun, though. <laughs> um, listen, um, if anybody wants to get a hold of you, they can get a hold of you on Twitter. Um, your uh, your Twitter is, what is it again? It's
2: Daniel Wilson PDX.
0: Daniel Wilson PDX. ladies. And gentlemen, I have to repeat it just in case they didn't hear you, even though you were very clear. <laughs> okay. Daniel Wilson PDX folks and you can uh, also uh go to his website which is daniel wilson daniel h wilson.com and the book is robopocalypse did i say it right <laughs> in, robopocalypse in germany
2: in germany it's called robocalypse because the po means ass oh and really so the, the german editors were like hey uh, so we don't really want it to be like robot ass apocalypse you know uh, like that sounds perfect a whole different book
0: that sounds better man why am yeah. i I they might
2: sure have to do a in rewrite. Just yeah, they're, uh, they're censoring
0: you, man. The fucking the man is trying to keep you from selling books. That's that's fucked up, dude. Um, and uh, this um, an Amped is the other book, right? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's on cool. Kindle or and all that stuff. Yeah, right? they're
2: in bookstores. They're on Amazon. And Kindle. Oh,
0: it's actually on Audible. I got one of those uh, Barnes and Noble Nooks. Mm-hmm. It's pretty badass, dude. Mm. I got it when I was in San Francisco. I like it.
1: Tell me when you get a real tablet. What are you talking about? <laughs> I like that too, man. In, but I like for reading,
0: you know what I like about it? That it looks like it looks like print on paper. It doesn't have that look of like an L C D screen. Yeah. You know, the way uh, the the Kindles look. Yeah. You know, Kindles and the Nooks, they both have that sort of same it. Yeah, they're aspect supposed to look to
2: like it. paper. I like yeah. the paper look, yeah.
0: Yeah, I like that. I think it's less less eye strain for, for reading but and you can get your shit on that, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Everything and Everywhere. what I
2: love about that is on Kindle, if you like highlight something, you know, in the book then that stuff can be shared. And right. so I can actually see what people are highlighting oh, in the really? book and like see what they like. And if people comment about it. So let's say, you know, that's some stupid shit. You know?
0: How do they do that when they highlight it and share it? What do they do? I think they- you
2: have to have your settings to, to share. Oh, that's know? beautiful. What but a great idea. It's pretty cool as an author... To be able to go on to Amazon and, and like see what people are reading, I mean that's some new stuff. Like, yeah, really and
0: see the to. exact quotes that people are responding to. As yeah, a stand-up like. comic, like sometimes you'll say something at a show, and then the next night someone will quote it, and they'll be laughing, and you go, "Oh yeah, I forgot I even said that." You know, it's it <laughs> yeah. it, it, it becomes uh, these uh, these quoted things. When you, uh, when you see your stuff highlighted and you see, like, the things that people uh, uh, really enjoy or did enjoy, how much does that affect your next writing? Do you, do you it, really look a, a lot at the feedback and try to, like, see it from their point of view? No, or, man. No? I,
2: I, it affects my readings because I'll try to go read. When I do a reading, I'll try to read, like, the part that people, People like, you know, so, so they think I'm smart. <laughs> right, and good at writing. But uh,
0: <laughs> so it affects like which excerpts you choose yeah, for yeah, a, yeah. a reading thing. But when
2: I'm writing, man, I just like I when I'm nerding out and I'm like all super excited, then I know I'm doing it right. Basically,
0: yeah. isn't that the coolest thing in the world? Like when when you're writing and an idea comes into your head and you're just following it down and it's like yeah. building and growing like right before your eyes. Being able to create something and and being able to you know come up with some shit that didn't exist before and then boom then all of a sudden it does it's, a, it's such a unbelievably satisfying experience and then it's
2: there it yeah. hangs around and you got it like yeah. you're like I did this yes. like this is what i did in like 2009 it's right yeah. there it's a thing i made you know? yeah that's why yeah when you, if you have a job where you're able to to create and yeah. and, and also make some kind of artifact you know
0: that you have mm. and you can say i did that new york times best-selling book and on top of that people can continue to buy it it's always available they can always get it they can get it in hard form they can get it in a yeah. digital form they can keep getting it it's, I'm pretty curious pretty what, what this
2: movie is going to do for it, you know? Oh, it's going to blow like, through the
0: roof If you just only had a few bitches Getting rape choked and gagged And <laughs> ball gagged And, and mouth fucked You just kind of have them abused a little bit more Do your books yeah. go in order at all, if I'm ready to buy them? Or? Uh, uh, no, so
2: Robopocalypse and Amped Are two different standalone. What are
0: books. your theories on this Fifty Shades of Grey thing And why My women theory. are into getting their mouths spit in And stuff like that What is this change? What is what's going on here?
2: Yeah, I mean, what do you think, right? Because it, well, it's interesting that it started out as fan fiction, right? Mm-hmm. So this really? was this was Edward and Bella. You didn't know
0: that? Oh no, I did not. This book
2: was fan fiction. Can like we shut the, the fuck up. The Fifty Lady, Shades of
0: Grey started out with Twilight.
2: Yes, it had oh. the twi- all. They did literally was change the names of the characters. Oh my! And then God. they published it. That is ridiculous. That's, so
0: that's the most silly thing I've ever heard in my life. It's the real so, deal. So it was someone who was really into that, and they just followed on that tone and created like a sexual bondage version of it. You
2: wonder, maybe that's what's the undercurrent, right? I mean, so it's like, Twilight has a story, you know, it has all this stuff, but there's obviously a deep sexual undercurrent. It's a love story, Mm -hmm. right? And so... This lady just went for the jugular. She said, forget all the bullshit. That's us <laughs> right to like...
0: Fuck vampires. Okay, let's say he's a billionaire. He's yeah. a financial vampire. And
2: then it's all just about fucking, you know? Wow. Maybe that's it. Maybe if you... You I know, think- it's just humans are not as complicated as we like to think. Maybe that's what it's really about.
0: I certainly think that's the case. But I also think that women um, want to hear shit that's in their voice. So like most pornography, I think, is from the male voice. Just what bought. is that? I just bought his book. Nice. I see How you got Ernie. That, you dude? got Ernie Klein next Powerful to me. I'm in applications. good company. Oh yeah, have you read that book? Sure.
1: I love oh, it.
2: I'm, I'm i blurbed it. My blurb's on that book somewhere. Yeah, I'm reading it right now. Do you now. think
0: Apple will ever shrink that bitch down so it fits in your pocket? It like, does fit in my pocket. You're like your pants Yeah, pocket? check this out. What He's kind got, of pants got Apple are you wearing, brand son? Apple brand pants. Can you get some <laughs> Apple pants? <Yeah. laughs> Wait, if okay, I if you block, sit if you sit down that is going to break and it's going to cut your dick in half. <laughs> oh my god, it's
2: one man That's one so gonna iPad. That's so going to cut your dick.
0: <laughs> you will be one man one iPad. Don't ever take one that testicle. out when you're drunk. <laughs> but if you have like a, a nice man purse, you can down. carry that around easily. I'm sitting down. You should can you know you should no you're not you're gonna <laughs> your, die. Your voice you, you is purse. What's wrong? Commit again. to a man <laughs> purse.
1: No, to a
0: man purse. Um, so you're a big proponent of that using that because you can get online with it. You I do now I photos it, everything. It I does got, pretty much everything. I got the non cellular one
1: because I, I have an iPhone that has a hotspot. But I think more that I'm using the hotspot feature on the iPhone. I think I would. If you were going to get it, do get the one with the cell phone service built into it. Yeah. It's just kind of more of a pain in the butt, like, oh, i got to turn on my hotspot. Right. Phone. That's what I
0: was thinking. I, yeah. was, I, was, I was thinking that it would probably be better to wait for the other version of it. But as, as
1: compared to the, uh, the two iPads, I have both of them. Uh, definitely, I love this one better. I, I carry it's this enough. Around.
0: It's enough. Is what you need, right? Yeah. It's like, well, it was crazy when we were in um, Seattle and we were streaming from it. We streamed a Ustream show from it. Yeah. We yeah. lost Daniel.
2: Here's sorry. <laughs>
0: do you do you give a fuck about this kind of stuff or are I, you just holding into robotics? I'm
2: sorry. I uh whatever. Yeah. No, no, no worries, man. I am not I don't really collect a lot of gadgets. No, like, really? Uh, I have this thing that is like the Magna Doodle, you know, where you you uh-huh. you use the little magnet thing and you draw on it. And that's like the closest thing oh. to an, to an iPad <laughs> that's like at my house right now. It's really The one sad. with the clown or what's the one with the clown <laughs> It is a toy from my my kid. Yeah. Uh <laughs> Light but bright's pretty badass. I'm. I
1: keep. Night to. Light Light bright. Make Honestly,
2: it. I'm just scared because it changes everything. Every time you get one, you know, like already, I'm not. If I if I look at the stupid phone, you saw that. Yeah. it sucks you, you in. You in. totally oh, immediately yeah. forget yeah. about everything. I'm. I'm like a little.
0: Yeah, those. when someone has a new one, five minutes, we're almost done. Uh, if someone has a new one, man, like uh, I'm drawn to it. Like a baby. Yeah. Like,
2: oh, what do you got a Well, And that's the other yeah? thing. Little Ooh. kids love it, right? Oh, yeah. So if you bring it, it's like bringing crack home. It's amazing. And you're done. And I'm kind of afraid of how it'll affect my kids, too. Well, there's I educational
0: shows on there. And there's educational there's games that they can count. They learn how to count things. They learn wasn't how I how hearing make earlier
2: about a, a certain feline companion oh, that yeah. enjoys using the iPad?
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah. My cat plays
1: with my iPad and him pisses all over my couch. And that's and, not a
2: euphemism uh, for anything no. My cat. <laughs> yeah. My cat plays with my, my cat. iPad and then she pisses all over my couch. <laughs> oh, no, I do live with, with a black
1: guy, a black gentleman. <laughs> my cat. He's an, an old my cat. cat. <laughs> was he? Name is William. He's like sixties. by the name of William. <laughs> he likes his
0: iPad. Cat was born in the 40s. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> he's, he's an old one pocket player. It's actually Cat Williams. Oh. Cat Williams. Okay. Enough said. Enough said. Uh, anyway ladies and gentlemen uh, I think we gave out all the information we probably could uh, Daniel H. Wilson PDX on Twitter Daniel H. Wilson oh, It's no it's Daniel Wilson PDX on, yeah. qu- on Twitter not Daniel H. Wilson so Daniel Wilson PDX on Twitter Daniel H. Wilson dot com thanks a lot man it's been really fun it was a fun conversation really interesting stuff and uh, if you ever have anything you want to promote you <laughs> want to come back do it again we'd we'll be happy to have you on
2: dude I had a great time sorry I had to uh, urinate that's so thin- <laughs> no, we're
0: human of me I had it too once you <laughs> did it I, you broke the ice I, I had to go do sealed. it too but, it was, but we know look it's fucking three hours we don't even take commercial breaks you know I, but I think it makes for a better conversation that way it's hard to it's hard to take a commercial break and then come back and just pick up where you were it just seems awkward you know so we do it this way and it requires People hold their bladder and keep it together. <laughs> I think you did an, an an excellent job, though. You had a big thing of water. You lasted like two hours. <laughs> well, That's thank, pretty strong. Thank you guys so much. You're welcome, man. Thank on. you. I had a great time. And uh, one more time, the the two books. Uh, your books are Robo and Amped, and uh, those are uh, the ones that you're promoting, right? But you have more than that, right? Yeah. How I have many some. books do you have altogether? Eight. But- go buy them, bitches. <laughs> you know, go, go get them on an Audible. Go get on. Yeah. Do you have them on Audible? Yeah. Is yeah. Your yeah. stuff. It's yeah. Beautiful. Go to audible.com, and uh, if you go to audible.com forward slash Joe, you can um, get a free book, and you get a 30-day uh, free membership to uh, one of the best services, The I think, uh, online as far as like with uh, audio entertainment. Love it. I love audible.com. I love the idea behind it, and they have a massive selection, including... This young man's fantastic robot books. So go get it, you dirty bitches. Thanks to Onnit.com. That's O-N-N-I-T. Go and get yourself some new mood, bitch, or some alpha brain. anything. If you have any questions about these supplements, there's a 100% money-back guarantee on the first 30 pills. You don't even have to return the product. No one's trying to rip you off. They're just trying to tell it, save you the looking for the best shit possible. Sell you all the stuff that I would use. Use the code name ROGAN, and you will save yourself 10% alright this fucking show's over Oh if you use the code name Sandy we'll take that 10% And we'll donate it towards hurricane relief uh, We actually decided to go with the Salvation Army Because in this case the Salvation Army is using 100% of the proceeds uh, For hurricane relief is like a lot of them it, it actually gets down to like as low as like 30% Actually goes to the people and the victims But Salvation Army in this case it's 100% So we're going with them if you use The code name Sandy Alright fuckers we might see you tomorrow. we got a lot of work to do. We're going to be uh, at the new studio, uh, tightening shit down. Brian and I are uh, just starting to set that place. I was not quite done yet. Uh, takes time, bitches. Takes time. But I'll see you guys all in Montreal for sure mm-hmm. this Friday at the Metropolis with Duncan Trussell. All right, go hey, fuck yourselves. See ya. Bye. <laughs>